Previously on AFTN. And we did learn something after the interview as well. Nick Dazovich made his debut in Scotland for St Johnston, which is why we played the skits. Oh, yeah. The Saints are coming there against East Fife. And he was highly complimentary about them as well. <laughs> That's not what I remember. Let's, let's move on. Everybody, I hope you're all cuddled up nice and cosy because three idiots have ventured out in the snow to make it to UBC to entertain you. I know who two of the idiots were that we passed on the way here, but who was the third? Yes, I don't know. I'm sure there was a third one as well. Some guy was honking as he was going through lights. I think I think that's who it was. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he was a right idiot. I think it was all out if, you, if it's in dangerous situations. Uh, apparently, yeah, that's, that's an urban legend. <laughs> But yes, you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University, I was going to say beautiful British Columbia. Snowy and really cold British Columbia. White British Columbia. Yes, all white. It's a white out out there. We will warm you up. If you're stuck in campus, head along to the nook. Take a seat. Become part of our live studio audience. We've got a couple of hundred folk out there already. Give them a wave. Waving back. They were chanting beforehand, Zachary, Zachary, Zachary. Zachary, Zachary, Zachary. There's Steve. one there's one person there you're you're not get, we're not getting their attention. Hello. They're studying hard, I think. Oh, oh well, well, we'll let them continue in yeah, studying. Hard studying. Yes. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode three hundred and twenty two. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we will warm you up in this episode. We've got a lot to talk about. Lots of Whitecap stuff to talk about. More comings and goings. Actual games to talk about. Uh. We'll maybe gloss over those. <laughs> but there are some games to talk about. Got a couple of fun interviews for you with two defensive midfielders battling it out for the depth positions, it looks like just now. Andy Rose and David Norman Jr., but before we get into all that, I have some gifts for you guys that a listener has sent us. Oh, let me guess. Does it cho- have to do with chocolate? Nothing chocolate what? related. This is from a gentleman called John King. He sent this in the mail this week, and I love what I'm about to show you. Let me just whip it out from my pants here, open the little bag. We have pins, oh. custom made pins. Oh, wow. 
With your face on them? Oh, no, even better. So there's an AFTN logo for you, for okay, both of you. Okay, that's cool. Oh, that's good. That is cool. There is an AFTN soccer show pin for you from our logo as well. Nice. Oh, yeah. And there's still time. John also sent a selection of wrestling <laughs> and music pins. So oh. I've kept all the music pins because I didn't think you guys wanted Half Man, Half Biscuit, <laughs> and Madness and Specials pins. And I would take a Half Man, Half Zach Biscuit. Zach is a major wrestling fan, so it makes sense. Yeah, and the wrestling pins, I've split them, so I've brought half for Steve. Oh. <laughs> um, I've brought New Japan. Oh, excellent. That is a wicked one. Keeping with the Japanese theme, Asuka. PWG. Yeah, that's in LA. Based in LA. I can't remember what this is. (laughs) That's Finn. Finn Finn Balor. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And? Bullet Club. Bullet Club. Fits everything. So I kept a Ring of Honor, an AEW. I had to keep an AEW. Oh, that's fine. Um, and two Becky Lynch We don't know pins. if they're going to make it past six months anyway. <laughs> so did, did I've he... got two Becky Lynch pins as well, so I oh. kept them. Did oh, he make Because they were laminated. I saw Becky Lynch. Oh, no, I didn't. Did, did he, he make these up? himself? He or... made those himself. Oh, wow. So I'm going to put a custom order and get... I've wanted some AFTN pins done for a while, so I'm going to yeah. get some for our, our podcast subscribers and our listeners and... We'll give them away in competitions and you're, lots more. You're going to like wear this all the time. Yep. I can see Wear wearing this idea. <laughs> so thank you so much to John. Really, really appreciate that. Loved we him. We don't even thank need a media John. pass then. We can just walk in with the pins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll put that on our recorders. Yeah. Have thank, to give an update you, as well about yeah, East Fife. Yeah, thank you, John. Because I, I know everyone is listening at home wanting the East Fife update. update yeah. What happened with this Dublin club? They just advanced East Fife to the semi-finals. Because our game got called off with five minutes to kick off. So this Friday, we're in the semi-finals against Ross County. Which, ironically, takes longer to drive to than it would have been to drive to the airport and to fly to Dublin. <laughs> and it's on a Friday night. But we are on TV, so at least it's that. There you go. We did get beat in the Scottish Cup yesterday, 1-0 to Partick Thistle. Gutted. Those Glaswegians. Yeah, Ouija's. <laughs> but enough of the East Fife chat. I know you want me to talk about that. For hours. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, everyone does. Well, AFTN's UK website is, the revamp is back, so we're going to be up oh. at the end of the month, so watch out for that. Were you wearing your East 5 scarf? Is that what you were? I was wearing yeah. my East 5 scarf, yeah. yeah. It's quite nice. It's also cold, that's why. <laughs> but we're going to kick things off with Whitecaps chat. The new additions keep on coming, even though some of them we knew about, some of them we hadn't heard about. So the first one rumoured about for a little bit now. 25-year-old Argentine, centre-back, Eric Godoy. I always think of the guy from The Simpsons, Godoy. Yeah, yeah. Just something about him. That's the professor. Mm. He's joined from Club Atletico Colon, here to cleanse the Whitecats' defence of all their woes. Take a picture. (laughs) So one-year loan, another one-year loan, will come to those issues with an option to buy. He will be a TAM player. Eight years experience as a pro. So, although he's 25, he's, he's a Daniel Henry-style character yeah. in that he's been in the game for a long while. Yeah. So Hopefully he would call, a slightly better defender than Daniel Henry. He would call himself a veteran then? Probably. Even yeah, if you if he, don't. If he speaks English. We have to get to that. Surely he is now your first-choice centre-back starter, probably a, alongside Henry. Yeah, yeah he, I had him pegged in for that as well. Cons- considering you have Cornelius and Karimi who have limited experience. 
Yeah, it would be sh- shocking to not see him as a starting sp- center back, and yeah. y- you'd hope that he's up and ready to go for very much so. Mar- March March second. I'm, I'm not sure what the status is on that, but that would be the ideal. Because we, we will talk as well about the the two games that took place, and Henry didn't do fantastic in those. So I I do feel I don't I, think the center back spots are there for the taking. Yeah. I feel I don't think he was horrible. It was yeah. horrible. Yeah, there was that one. T- Tackle. It was the tackle that got the yellow card. He was supposed to. He got there first. It just happened to hit the other guy in the head. Yeah, he got there as soon as he. Could. He undercut him. But I do feel the centre backs spot is going to be very competitive, and I, I do think it's up for grabs this year. Anyone has a bad game, you've got two really strong guys pushing to to take your place. So that should be an interesting battle. We also have another new young designated player, twenty-year-old Uruguayan striker Joaquin Ardes. From Swiss side FC Shiazo, I'm going with. I don't know if that's what it is. He was the new face MDS referred to earlier in the week when he was talking about two strikers coming in. One with MLS experience and one a new face. So this guy has a new face. Or he is a new face. He is a new face. Yeah, I don't think he's had that operation yet. Played for Uruguay at under 15 and under 20 levels. He's played at the 2017 under 20 World Cup. He's played with top division sides in Uruguay, Belgium, Italy. He was named the 36th player in the Next Gen's 50 Best Teenagers in 2017. He was named in the top 100 of Tutu Sports Best Under-21 players at a European club this year, or 2018. He's a highly rated prospect. He doesn't quite seem to be the Diego Rossi kind of striker. That LAFC got, I don't think. No, I think he's more of like a the, the MDS um, described him as like a powerful guy that's uh, able to use his speed and get it to spot. So I don't know how technical sound he is, but I'm assuming he is somewhat. If he's named in the top fifty and yeah. top hundred, his his goal scoring record isn't fantastic. Nine goals and five assists and fifty four club appearances. That does always concern me for a striker. And, and and apparently this was a, a last minute thing. He mentioned that uh, he was in Orlando, um, planning to come home to Vancouver, and they found out he was he had there's a chance he was available. So he uh, MDS instead of flying to Vancouver, flew to Uruguay. Oh, and met him there. He was um, he was at a training facility that for Uruguayan players that are kind of in the middle of clubs. Oh, is that where they teach them to dive and hold the like, face and it's stuff? A, it's basically unattached FC. Oh. It would be that. For, for, for the Uruguayans. The Uruguayans, yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting signing. It's uh, a name that hadn't been out there. No. Like, that, no one was, that was talking a bit re- about him. That was a bit refreshing in one yeah. sense. <laughs> um, but, <clears throat> no, I mean, his strike rate, uh, you talk about his strike rate, which is yeah hasn't been great at club level. For the U20s, for Uruguay, he's like a one in three goal Yeah, goal which scorer. is good, and that's a higher level, obviously. Oh, uh, one thing else I want to mention that uh, MDS mentioned on, in the interview when he got signed, that he, he said that he was in a gray area of his career, um, maybe like on a what you would call a downslope because he wasn't succeeding in Europe, and that's the reason that's why. He here. No, but that's the reason why he would have be, became available because oh, yeah. at the time when he was going to Europe, teams like Chelsea and other top teams were interested in him, but yeah. because he's kind of slipped a little bit. Yeah, well, it's, it's and, another guy that's got the chance to turn his career around. Yeah, and and, and he which said, is worrying for a twenty-year-old that you're already at that stage yeah. of having to turn your career around. Well, it's, if it was his first trip to Europe, obviously he's away from home and everything, True. it kind of affects people. True. Like the first time you came to uh, Canada, you, you probably yeah. Why did you come to Canada? 
Well, all I know is one of the first times I was in Canada, I was walking down Seymour Street with my friend Chris. These two girls were being really nice to us. Was, Turn, Ka- was tu- Caitlin one of them? No. Oh, Turned out they were hookers. Oh, okay. Caitlin was a hooker I met in the other. She, I met her in the Sandman. No, but don't say that. That's a, that's a joke. I, I don't get that. It was obviously the Roxy. But... <laughs> Yeah, so that was my experience in Vancouver. No, but that, like he was basically somebody who kind of, uh, um, you know, kind of slipped a little bit on on his path to becoming like a top player. And so, if MDS can bring him back up, and you know, maybe sell yeah. him off, and he's or, a one year loan too, right? He's a one year loan yes. with an yeah. p- option to purchase. We seem to have brought in a lot of players that are either wanting to turn their careers around or wanting to 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 get a chance to shine and put themselves in the window for maybe a bigger deal and it does feel like there's a lot of those and at, at some point you maybe have to to worry is it too many of that kind of person that we're taking on should we not maybe bring somebody in that already is proven yeah it's a, i think it i think it's a decent mixture like you guys got like bangura and venuto who are experienced and you got some young but guys bangura's been on a bit oh, of an yeah. up and down slope yeah. as well but he has been he's a more proven commodity than the, the younger guys for a, sure. arise seems like the most yeah, arise stable is the most stable yeah you know complete you know professional of, of the people that are yeah. be starters and i guess sutter as well but oh, yeah. he may or may yeah. not be the starter yeah so our days is coming in Second striker, and it looks from nowhere that Freddie Montero, Freddie effing Montero, I still got those boxes of t-shirts, so that's very handy. Uh, cheers for Greg for helping me get those resold. He could be coming back, and I made a slight joke about that in November. That hey, let's go and get Freddie Montero back when we had the, the Davies money after Robo went. Now looks like it could be happening. Nothing's confirmed. Not even really sure where these rumours kind of came from, but whether it it has grown arms and legs from the initial stuff on Twitter or whether there's actual substance behind it, I don't know. But I guess we'll find out this week. It seems like that, uh, like he, he, he was, it wasn't he part at the club when they were attacked by supporters at one he point. He was, yeah, yes. he was one. Of the, he was. But he's really club. happy that he doesn't want to leave. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and but there are other circumstances too, like business off the field circumstances for him as well. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, he's opening a coffee shop in Seattle. Yeah, already in talks with them to sponsor our chocolate digestive segment. Oh, that's not bad. He doesn't know that yet, oh, but we're well, well, already in well, to- talks with him. In my head. I've already sold it to Well, you got to come up with a plan before yeah. you get I it. I never asked him about chocolate digestives you, when he was here the first time. you got to visualize it, Michael. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be the Colombian's chocolate digestive section. Now, how has his spell been in sporting while he, when he was there? Or he was in the well, term? He's, he's had a good 2018-19 season. Yeah. Nine goals and 45 appearances overall since he left us. Four goals, though, and five assists and 20 appearances this season. So he's been in a rich vein of form, played in Europa League. He had his best MLS season when he was with us. He's still only 31. Folk have been saying, oh, he's a bit past it. I'd want a a younger person. He's 31. Kai Kamara had a couple of years on him, and look what he did last year. I welcome him back. I'll sit down now and go (laughs) past the mic to sack. Well, you, you talk about, I think he's a potential fit. In terms of playing style. Yeah, that was for, something I was going to ask you. Yeah. For he, he, under Robo, 
how he got the goals he did is somewhat baffling as well a little bit because well, it was he a te- had to it was do a, so much work. It was a testament to his skill and yeah. Yeah, his work rate in some cases. He had to drop yeah. back so deep, make things happen, cross the balls in the middle where he was should have been. It looks like under the 4-3-3 MDS system, it's kind of made for Montero to really, really shine. I've got him down as golden boot winner. I don't know if he'll beat um, Fernando Adi. Yeah, yeah. Going, with, going with him again. I think I think I need to. I think yeah. I got to ride that until until it comes good. Um, <laughs> you might be riding that for a while. No, I, I think any when you look at people's responses on social media, which obviously is only one metric or one way to you know gauge things. Uh, a lot, most people, I think, are really excited at the possibility of this. Uh, for him, obviously, it's a win if he can be in the in the if he can return to Cascadia and be close to family and yeah, this new yeah. business opportunity. He has already you already saw that that, that was the reason he came here last. Well, time. yeah, because his wife's from <coughs> Seattle, Seattle area. Yeah, um, yeah, this has a potential to work out. Yeah, is it is it my personal? Am I excited? Uh, no, as I'm uh, as not excited as I was last time. Maybe a little bit less than that, but yeah, it, I'm actually a bit more excited than I was the last oh. time. Just because we saw we, we saw what he he's did. done yeah. for us in a system that didn't suit him. Yeah. And, uh, and he doesn't have to be that target striker. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I would imagine if this is true, it's going to be another loan with an option to buy. Is contract, doesn't he only have six months left on the contract? I'm almost sure of that. I'll check that out. I'll check that out for you. Possibly. Maybe we'll let you know next break. Yeah. After the break. I'm not how that works then. Yeah, we'll have to well, look the, into well, that. Well, the, the sporting would just, if they're not going to if they're not gonna pay a transfer fee, they would just let him go on mutual consent, uh, you know, whatever they are So where it. is the Alfonso Davies money going with? It's, it's getting, it's earning interest right. for us to buy all right. these players when it's their loan deals yes, expire next year. next year, which we will come to in the, in and, the second and going part. To, and going to Nick Dasovic. Oh, of course, yes, yeah. as he pointed out. He's taken it all. I think he's worth the 11 million salary, though, that we're giving him. Yeah. Now, Montero, the last time, was on 1.8 million, I think it was, round about that. Our understanding was an offer was made to him to stay here for round about 700,000. So, obviously, he then went to Sport in Lisbon. Well, because he, China. Well, because he had a crazy contract, a crazy well-paying contract yes. in, chi- in China. Oh, well, so yes. And Steve's th- just confirmed he does have six months yeah, left in yeah. his deal. So that might actually be a transfer paid for him then, or, or maybe they'll just yeah, yeah maybe they'll just cut their losses and let him go. It's That's a goodwill thing. He'd be a DP if he comes back because he was last time. He right? was yeah yeah because it, sh- it does show. Sorry, I'm just gonna uh, it sh- on like this is just transfer market, so I'm not 100 percent sure. It shows that it was a free transfer to Sporting as well from the Chinese club. From the Chinese club, I think something got bought out there. I'm not sure. Maybe. From my, my memory, yeah, there's no it said, way it says they free would have paid all here. that money. Yeah. I think he got. I think something like maybe he got paid out from the Chinese club, mm, and then possibly, could, yeah, yeah. Well, like a buy, like a buyout, buyout for him. Yeah. Yeah. Will you call him Freddie Montero this time? Ah, uh, we got, we'll cross that bridge. Are you going to break bread with him? Well, that you were meant to. Yeah, that we'll see if that comes off and where that goes. We'll we'll we'll, 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 we'll do we'll, we'll do a live video for how we'll come for AFTN. I'll just call Mon. Mon. Don't you don't have to use the full Monty. last name? Yeah, you have to use the full last name. Just change. Or it. just FFM or Taro. If not him, who is obviously the question? DeSantos said it's a guy that's got MLS experience. What Has what, to be. What are all those Dom Dwyer things that were going around? Well, his his wife was, was in Hawaii, Hawaii. Yeah, and that's on, that's, that's literally the only, the only thing. I think so. Yeah. That I, w- 
Like, for pictures of her in her shell bikini. Yeah, okay, let's stop talking about it. So you, who would you prefer, Dom, Dom Dwyer or the Colombian? I would take Freddie Montero yeah, any day. Okay. Although Sydney liked my accent when I spoke to her after the Women's World Cup final. Right. She was quite drunk when I spoke to her, but she I, was fun. I just I think that would be a disaster waiting to happen. Hmm. The, the, the Dwyer's coming here. Dwyer's one of those players, though, that if he plays against you, you hate him. Yeah. Would you welcome him if he brought all those things that you hate when he's playing with you? It's like a Blas Perez kind of guy. I don't think this will impact the Whitecaps' decision to bring him here. No. But I think... But from a fan base point of view. No. I mean, some some welcomed Perez, some still didn't. Yes, it's true, very true. Um, I think it would be even more so than that. Like, the... There was a lot of people not happy at Sidney LaRue's decision to play for the United States. Yeah. No. And they expressed it. Shocker. They expressed it, and, you know, some people had frustration over that or whatever. Yeah. Or felt it was some How parts. How to Ben Massey, if he's <laughs> some, people, some people were un, un, thought it was unfair or whatever. But I just don't, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he would The be, baggage of that is different than, than the Colombian, right? Yeah. Like, whereas, like, that's. That's well, just our, he played for a rival. Yes. This is a Funnily enough, kind of and I've. One of the interviews we've got coming up, we talk about your referring to him as the Colombian, but that's coming in part three. So we'll see what happens. I, I, whoever it is needs to arrive ASAP because... So AFTN can do an interview. Just so we can get this chocolate digestive deal yeah, sorted out. that's true. But no, if you've seen these two preseason games, we are needing a striker. And we're needing a striker that can learn the system ASAP for the season that's starting ASAP. Maybe we'll just call this episode ASAP. But I, wait, I thought it's called. What was it the name you had for it? Oh, what was it? You had a good oh, name. Um, Project One, no. Yeah. Oh, patient. Patient, patient zero. zero. Patient, patient zero. zero. <laughs> that was a good talk of the way here. <laughs> yeah. Interesting car journey. Oh, talking of which, we we actually shared a car here, which broke all AFT and protocol. Yeah. Right. Because the three kingpins <laughs> should not have been travelling in the same vehicle. But we do have my bastard son, Joe Deasy, <laughs> ready to take over if need be. And he says he'll rule, rule with an iron fist. I would expect nothing less. We'll talk about the Whitecaps games in Hawaii in the second part. But just before we finish this, we want to say a fond farewell. There's a departure. We alluded to it last week. I knew it was coming. But yeah, you I didn't tell me anything. before I, the show. No, I <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. say anything yeah, to yeah. Steve started talking about it and you're, and you're like, like, no, you're no, like, don't no. <laughs> Marcel de Jong has gone. Looks like he's going to the CPL, to Pacific FC. A great addition for them, a great addition for the league. Keeps him in BC with his family. He wasn't part of MDS's plans. I just don't think MDS saw him fitting into that system. Maybe wasn't quick enough for how he wanted him to play. So, wish him well. He was always a great guy to speak to. Love Marcel. His family was great. He was always good with his time off the field. I felt he gave his best on the field. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say, just looking at things objectively, that he wasn't necessarily the, uh, an ideal fit into what yeah. MDS wants to do. And we still have one fun segment that I had done with him, which we were going to play two weeks ago, but I cut him. Now that the Whitecaps have cut him, we'll do it when he joins the CPL. But anyway, we'll be back with more Whitecaps chat after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Stick me big nose in when I go out Sealed off car park, what's it all about? 
I like an altercation with a member of staff That was a ten pound note I ring the bell of pizza I ring the bell of pizza I ring the bell of pizza And say that's not how I would spell Hawaiian Facebook mum, YouTube dad Sea bass man bag 50 quid to chat would the congregation like to rise and sing hymn number 252? Here come the Barley Army They're absolutely crazy Bart, Elvis and the baby Kill, 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 stab, murder and dispatch Artists of the Month Half man, half biscuit there Was it song about volleyball? No, oh. it was about just... Not spelling Hawaiian the way that folks spell Hawaiian. How do you spell Hawaii in Hawaiian? Do you put a little apostrophe between the two eyes? Do I, Stevie's talking to me. If I write it down, no, I don't put an apostrophe. Hmm. But I'm not, I'm not Hawaiian, so I wouldn't. True. But we're going to actually have two songs from Half Man, Half Biscuit in this episode. I, Both- could, I think you should elevate them instead of Artist of the Month. I think it's Artist of the Decade. Oh, well, they are. Because they, they've been played the most yes. in this decade. On they, the they are AFTN's... Lifetime Achievement Award, I guess, if we're yeah. if we're going to hand it out. And you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, braving the snow at the University of British Columbia on this unseeded and unsalted Musqueam territory. <laughs> Brought to you by Seattle's, <laughs> new, Seattle's new and favourite coffee shop, the yeah. Columbian. <laughs> oh, he, I wonder if he sells Colombian coffee in it. Oh, he, I must, guess he must. He must. Yeah. Well, well, here we go. If you're listening live... Tweet us names of what Freddie Montero's coffee shop could be called. Effin' Colombian. Effin' mm. Cup. Oh, Effin' Cup. That's not bad. Not, not the Rim Cup, though. No. But let's talk about the Rim Cup. It's been a Rim Cup couple of days. The snow does that to you. We finally got to see some action on the pitch. Well, there was two games <laughs> of football played that lasted 180 minutes. And the White Cats were involved, I think, in some part of that. Oh, no, all, all parts of it. Yeah. I, I've cancelled the parade. <laughs> you were just uh, sour because you had to actually pay attention to the game and you couldn't have just listened to it. I'm deaf from the first one. <laughs> oh, yeah. With a Japanese guy. <laughs> I, I agree with you there. Waking Caitlin hey, up by co- going, <laughs> Coach is going to coach, man. Yeah. You got to be prepared. DeSantis is loud and I couldn't hear him. No. <laughs> That's, the mics must have obviously been on the other side, yeah. like, closer. To I ended up turning the sound off, but you had to watch the game. I don't I've, like I've, that. I've got I've, out of the habit of doing that. A few people were calling for you to commentate. Huh? Yes. <laughs> if we hadn't given our mics away to the, the preview show, we could have done that. What? Oh, the, yeah, it's, Joe, it's on loan. Yeah, Joe With Daisy an and, the, and the crew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've got enough Tam. <laughs> he offered me Pam, which was potato allocation yeah. money. But oh, I said, you should have oh, taken no, that. No. Delicious. It's good for spraying in a pan as well if you're frying up your potatoes. If you hear weird noises, I'm moving the furniture above us again. Oh, is that what oh, it is? Is that you? No, no, it's not no, me. Okay, it's not me this time. It's the rum cup. It's moving around. <laughs> but yes, uh, game one. 3-1 loss to V. Varin Nagasaki. 1-0 to Nagasaki at halftime. We played what you could say was the strongest lineup we could probably have put out with what players were available yeah. and who had arrived, who wasn't injured, like Jordi Reyna was injured. 
Oh, the first game? Yeah. Oh, and Russell, Russell's still Russell here. didn't even go the he trip. He didn't travel. Him and Baldissimo. Him and Baldi stayed home because they yeah. both got injuries. Ankles. Um, it was not a great first half. There were moments. Nagasaki took the game to them yeah. to start with. Then there was a few glimpses. Yeah. Last Bangura had a couple of standout moments. Nice little turn of pace, yeah. going in the box, had a shot that was saved. Theo Bear had a shot that was saved, but for most of the time, Theo up front was kind of ploughing a lone furrow. He wasn't getting a lot of service or support. No. It was a good look at like what a high press can be. That yeah, was by, right by Nagasaki. Nagasaki. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, we've got, had a question to talk about that, which we'll, we'll do later in the show, because... We've all been expecting a high press, and we didn't see it no, in I, that game. No, I. The thing is, which like if we were there in in Hawaii, which yeah, I think still I, think we should have been. I still Hawaii. think the it's tickets are clear. still coming. Yeah, um, I, maybe Christina from CTV took them, uh, or Sakaris and Price. Yeah. I don't trust them. Um, that one question I would ask after the game, if I was there, is like, were you guys playing at full? Like hundred percent press, or were you kind of no doing like no. a, were they doing a walkthrough where they weren't going at full pace, but they were kind of getting the uh, the you know the right motions and everything, but they didn't want to the, overextend the themselves. The two games are kind of game. blurring together in my mind, but how could they? I, I don't know. It was late at night. Uh, but this, the second the second one, I, for sure, they were not pressing. Like they no, were they like, weren't pressing. No, but no. what I'm saying is, they were going through the motions, but not actually right. putting okay. fully it out. Oh, yeah, so okay. they kind of, it's almost like a walkthrough, right? Okay. Kind of thing of the, yeah. the the game. So that's why I was thinking. I think maybe it felt like a walkthrough. Russell yeah. Beresford, I think it was tweeted out saying this was a, a prime example of what a team looks like when it's not ready to play the high press. Yeah, right. Yeah. There was a couple of positives to take from it. Johnny Rice, he played the ball about nicely, yeah, yeah. which we've Very seen nice. at training. Nice distribution from him. Really looking forward to seeing what he can do when we've got our you, proper wingers and play and stuff. Is the language barrier something that would keep him from being a captain? Because he feels like a captain on the field. Well, we, we'd asked to speak to him. Right. And he had asked for a couple of weeks before he did interviews. So he okay. is going to do the interviews. Okay. I think he's just wanting to maybe get a bit more comfortable. I think we've had a couple of captains recently that are foreign and have not been great leaders vocally to me on the pitch. Pedro Morales, I don't think, was as expressive as he could have been. Kendall was better, yeah. but I don't think he was as expressive as, as you we want, needed. As, yeah, as, for, yeah. as, I, as I'm used to, I guess. But then captains are different in different parts of the world. Yeah. I, I Normally they it, give it to the best player nowadays. Yeah, or so the, you, one of the oldest. Oh, or, yeah. I, I like a midfielder to have it. So that he can get about the pitch and get messages around, and <sighs> but the thing is, MDS doesn't like like a captain really. He he, he prefers not even to assign a captain. Oh, well, he said no, in no, preseason no, he he's going to pass it. He's going to he pass, pass it around. When right? he met with supporters, he had um, back in November, whatever it was he he painted uh, maybe it was December quite a very clear picture of what he thinks a captain is, uh, and talking about the White Caps last year, talking about his experience in LA, saying. Who do you think had the my characteristics of a captain? We were like naming people. He's like, no, this guy does not fit because of this, this, and this. Good player, whatever, but he's not a captain because of this, this, and this. So he has very much a very clear idea of what he wants his captain to be. Yeah, I don't know if he's found it yet, or I don't know. I don't well, know. Today, I don't, I don't know what today the process is going to look like for him. Today yeah. it was passed to everyone. Seven players. Everyone. One, 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 one thing I was want to mention about the first game and the and the young players. Now they came off 
at halftime. A lot of them were pulled off. The, yeah. the starting team. I, I, it's great which I, I'm disappointed that you didn't, you didn't tweet that out on it that day. It was late. I was not yeah. thinking of getting pulled off at that time of night. Um, so, uh, uh, when they, the thing is, the uh, the Nagasaki side, they made no substitutions, it seemed like, at halftime. Maybe no. one or two. They're, it was basically their starting lineup against guys that just came off the bench. And th- those guys were cold. And there were two goals allowed in the first Five minutes. Oh, oh yeah. And then Kamikaze defending by and, the White Cats. And then and then six uh, six subs came off at a fiftieth minute. More came sixtieth and more seventieth. But if you think of it, the the young guys actually won their part of the game because when they play the full backups, they're the only ones that scored. I'm, I'm looking at the positive. You got to trust the process. Yeah, that, I mean that was one of the po- one of the positives was they the did David Norman scores. They did have fuel there. It is awful. They did settle. They're still. Tough. They did settle and and then dealt with things. They but, did. But the, the, they that were was caught. when they were. That was when Nagasaki was was changing. Yeah, because yeah. Folk were being really critical of Max Crepeau as well. And yeah. it's like he's just come on. He's got a defense he's never had in front of yeah. him before. He made with a... players that aren't even playing in their normal positions. Some either. of them weren't. Yes, yeah. and then and then the thing is, is he made a huge save in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He made a big save today yeah. from distance. So uh, you talk about players not in the right position. Uh, we, we were talking about this earlier. Escobar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I, think Gabriel he's Escobar player. had such a hard press online from the fans it's like you are remembering this is an academy kid that is just part of the development team and is still playing in the academy and was brought down for the experience and was probably not really expecting that he was going to be playing in a left back position for one thing because he's not a left back yeah where does he usually play he's a midfielder I thought Mm -hmm. I thought he was a winger too Okay. I'm almost sure. And and uh, George, I don't remember his last name. McColumba. Uh, yeah, he played right back today. Yes. So and he's not a right and back. And he's definitely yeah. not a right yeah. back, yeah. He's a winger as well and has played midfield so, roles. Because Jake Nowitzki was sick front. today. So he wasn't yeah. able to. got some bad pork. Let's talk about the second game. We're, we're going to play a little before it, but before we come to that, let's just look at the second game now. The loss on Friday meant that today was the third place game. It was a consolation game that no one really wanted. Against a, like a fifth tier team. A wacky FC. Right, they're fifth tier. Someone oh, said they got no promoted. Idea. I think There's even possibly more. I no, had seventh I, tier in my head, but I, I think no, that Someone said right. six, but then someone I read. So I, it, was, it might have been the, the YouTube <laughs> comments. Did you have those going on your no, screen? No, no, I, I, I kind of blocked those out. They, <laughs> they, were, quite, just, they, they were, were quite funny. They were, they were, oh, yeah, uh, I just had it on my TV. Someone in there, there someone, I think when someone in there said, oh, they're, they got promoted last year, so they're in the fifth tier. Oh, there we go then. It was a terrible game. There were some moments. Again, it did not look like. What, what I might have missed them because I my, my the double, attention the, did wander. The, the, in the first half, the double one two with Jordy getting the shot. Yeah, that was oh, not yeah, bad. That was, that was a that bad miss though. But it was I a propose good save us all. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was it. That's all that stands out for me on the, the goal, sh- the penalty. Again, you weren't paying attention. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> really. You're watching the snow. <laughs> I I was more wondering. Tell me, this is not going to go to penalty kicks. Well, ended on penalty. Well, I guess it did. Go to penalties in the end, yeah. There's nothing really... I mean, what what can you take from these games? What is the benefit of going on a big trip like this to Hawaii when you've got most of the players there that's not really in your MLS squad? I think the biggest benefit was they were able to practice somewhere decently instead of being in the snow. Well, true. <laughs> uh, I'm curious I, I, to see if they are actually able to train this coming week. I'm hoping they can get into Vancouver um, tomorrow. Uh, yeah. But uh, MDS, I don't think he even wanted to go. 
I think you mentioned it somewhere. It was, it was, it was booked the, when it, Robo was yeah. still here. So they it, had to w- confirm after last year's tournament if they wanted to come back. So it was it was it was probably not his first choice to go uh, to, to like that far away to uh, maybe probably L.A. Would, would have been better for him or Phoenix or something like that um, on this trip. But yeah, when it's booked ahead of time, you can't do anything about it. I mean, we, we've talked about before. It's a bit of a dangerous game to bring your guys in so, so close to first kick. I've not really been that worried about it because I still think there's a lot of time. There's a couple of weeks. There's still time to gel. But then you see two performances like that from guys that a lot of them will probably be the starters. Not all of them. And we'll, we'll come to that in part three, who we think... With who we know is coming, who's already here, who might be your first choice starting lineup, but there did not seem a lot of cohesion from those players, and they have been together and playing intense. We've talked about, we've been told a lot about. It did not it's, feel like, yeah, that. but it's a different thing when you're on a pitch and there's another for team. another yeah. team that's been practicing for two months or in preseason for two months, and they probably are not a rebuild. They're probably a team that was mostly there last year or something like that. So you got to take it with a grain of salt in this first couple of games. You can't get too down. I'm not saying it's it's I'm not, not. I'm not. I'm yeah, not down. Yeah, I'm in the middle. I, I feel I feel similar to Michael in that, it, like, when you know you're playing 45 minutes on a Friday night or whatever, like, you if and I know they're getting used to a new way of playing and some new people. But like you said, they've been together for whatever three weeks or whatever. And I just felt like I just thought they more have a go, like or it'd be a little bit more intense, I guess. And w- yeah. and when they weren't like all, all, they weren't gagging pressing, right? But when so, you're when you're so it just it just felt like I'm I, not saying they didn't try, but yeah. it just felt like there could have been. But more But I think I think when you're learning a new system, the intensity your 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 focus oh, yeah. is shifting to uh, am I where am I supposed to be here? Yeah, and you're, you're not able to be as much intense once you get. Figuring out and just being it by nature where yeah. you're supposed to be, the intensity will pick up at that point. Wait, so I and and I'm not like, oh, this is the end of the world, but like it it is in one sense. There, it gets, I think it's okay to be a little bit disappointed or yeah, frustrated. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But again, I, it is. This is. I like, still have a lot of concerns. Starting point. Oh, you, can, you I have no problem with people having questions, but don't just write off the season yeah. after to the first two preseason games. No, Spe- no. Speaking of the defense, but it sounds like a lot of people were. Yeah, a lot of oh, no, a lot of folk. A lot of yeah. folk were like, yeah, yeah have like I think though, quite a go. I think DeSantis has been built up a lot as not so much being a saviour, but like being this fresh, fresh ideas and fresh approach and it's all exciting stuff. And I think folk felt let down because what they were expecting to see, they haven't seen immediately. And I do think it's a little bit unfair to expect that immediately. Well, in one sense, I think they've been trying to temper that. You'll notice when they did the Jersey piece on CTV, they had Russell Tiber use the language... It feels like an expansion team, yeah, he did and he's not that. the only person from with that connected to them that I've heard use that language. So in one, sense, in, that. in one sense, they're trying to lower the expectation by saying, "Hey, we're we're starting all over." Which for a lot of people, I don't think they have time for that. Yeah. But for some people, maybe they will be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever." But then they also pointed out a couple of things. They pointed out was that uh, there have been other expansion teams that have succeeded, yes. and I think. Uh, uh, MDS even brought up uh, for the mainstream guys. They brought up uh, the hockey team, the Vegas Knights, nice, well, right, the Knights yeah. that made the finals right. in the playoffs, right? So, in one way, they're saying, yeah, but they also say that they, there is a chance to succeed as well. Getting back to the defense, uh, guys, what did you think about um, the one of the most ex- well, maybe most one of the most obvious battles um, that we've been talking about a lot in this preseason between uh, between the between the posts between 
Zach and uh, Maxime. I, I thought both of them didn't do horribly. Like I thought uh, Zach really wasn't tested as much because I think he had a better defense. I, I can't remember the second half today uh, because I was just getting ready. But the first half he wasn't tested that much. He made a, a one or two saves, but Crepo made the bigger saves out of the two uh, in both games because I was watching more of the first half. McMath didn't, today. did not look great today. I didn't, no, I didn't pay attention. But no. again, that's him playing with a second string defence in yeah, front of him. True. So but he, only in, goal in he some ways, was... it's actually good that he and Kripo both didn't look good in front of with that defence in front of them. Because then you can't say it was Kripo. Yeah, yeah, but the the uh, 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 McMath only allowed the goal on the penalty. Yeah, but there was, a and couple, he got a hand to it. There too, was a couple plays that he made. That oh, that were, just were off yeah. of there. Didn't, didn't come and that got, comes with uh, getting used to your backline as well. TFA tweets um, sent us from Wiki that Iwaki FC are in the sixth level of the football pyramid. I had seventh from last year, so maybe they got promoted to yeah. sixth. Oh, okay, maybe that's what it is. I, I, I just, uh, yeah. Did we? Did we? Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting. I think it's just too cold. Um, did we talk about the set pieces and the fact that they're playing a zonal marking kind of thing, and that's where they allowed that first goal in that first game? We didn't talk about that, but they've always mm. had zonal elements to their marking. Yeah, but it seemed like way more. That, that was a seem, lot. It did seem like way they more. they were just standing there, and the Japanese players were just coming into them, uh, trying to get to the overloading player. the zones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. or overloading that one zone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, from today's game, I don't really think there was much that we can take from it. No, at all, really. You, you've I got think the academy did, guys some experience. Yeah, I, I just think they, I think they didn't want to get injured. I think that yeah. was the main, main concern. Reina was back, so the, at least he, it's not a, a he serious right. knock that he had. He looked all right yeah. as a false knight. The one thing I would have liked to have seen, uh, a small thing t- that would show, I think, as a coach and a coaching staff, that you're you you are responding to players' performance and what they're what they're actually providing on the pitch was. I was kind of hoping to see David Norman play get the start today because I thought he would. Yeah, because, because he had he done was, well on Friday. Yeah, he was. I mean, obviously he scored, so that's a huge thing. Yeah, but I thought he was one of the more standout players in that the second group that played on Friday. Yeah, and I thought it would have been good to play him as a starter in as kind of saying, "Hey, like you stood out from that group. We're yeah. going to put you with." Because Andy starters. Rose did not have a good Friday, but he had a decent today. Yeah. yeah. But David Norman got the goal on Friday, and it was a nice move. He made space for himself. It's like a diving header, a yeah. great header as well. And we spoke to Davey when training camp got underway here in Vancouver a couple of weeks ago now. Thought we'd save the audio till they were away in Hawaii, so let's bring that for you now. So David, back from Scotland. We'll get to that experience in a sec, but how, how does it feel being back in Vancouver, back in the camp, and, and ready to go for another season? It's a, it's a very good feeling. Uh, like you said, off the back of a good loan stint. Um, I just, I've been, this last couple of weeks, I've been kind of ready for the 21st to come, and, and now it's here and ready to get going and, uh, and push forward into preseason. Now, it's all changed. A lot of new faces, a lot of players still to arrive that, that's not here yet, but last year, we had hopes you were maybe going to break into the first team and then Robo brought in all these defensive midfielders and you slowly got pushed down the pecking order. This year, it looks like you've got a, a real shot at getting minutes and you did well out and loaned. Is it a different feeling for you going into camp this year? Yeah, not really, to be honest. I think I came in with the same attitude and kind of same 
same mindset that I had last year is to come in and earn a spot and try to play as much as I can. Obviously last year that didn't come to fruition, um, didn't work out as I planned. But um, this year I come in with the same the same attitude and uh, I don't I don't read into it too much on who's playing here, who's playing there. I just looking forward to showing Mark what I have and uh, and just go from there. Now the loan deal to, to Queen of the South Second tier in Scotland, but it's a good level. There are a team pushing for promotion right now. How did you find that experience? Because I've watched that level of football in Scotland my whole life. It's tough. It's tough tackling, which suits your game. Mm-hmm. Did it feel like the perfect fit for you? Yeah, it was definitely a good fit. Um, like you said, it kind of suits my game a bit, but it's completely different from anything that I've played in before, from the academy to the USL. So uh, it was definitely a good challenge, and uh, it took me probably about a game or so to kind of to kind of get used to it, and then from there, I think I think I got I got quite I got I got into it, and uh, and I performed well. Uh, often, when footballers are making a transition from one level or one league to another, they talk about uh, the, the speed of play. What, what was it like? I mean, I know you had limited opportunity in the the Voyagers Cup, mm-hmm. but what was what was that like playing in Scotland compared to what you'd experienced here? Was it were there crazy differences? Was it similar in terms of speed of play and those kinds of things? Yeah, I think the speed of play is definitely different. It's uh, it's more of a different kind of style as well, where in the MLS you see there's more of a rhythm in the games. Uh, teams will hold possession for a bit longer, get on the ball, uh, probably due to the players you have as well. So, um, yeah, it was... The speed was the speed was definitely a lot faster, um, which made me had to think quicker both on the ball and out of possession as well, so... Gary Naismith seemed quite high in you. Was there ever any talk about you maybe staying to the end of the, the Scottish season or was it were you always coming back here? Yeah, um, I enjoyed working under Gary over there and um, there was a bit of talk in there but I kind of had my mind on coming back in here in January and uh, and starting in the preseason with Vancouver. and uh, So I kind of had my mind set on that so that was, that was always going to happen. Obviously the highlight for you in your time there was you got to go to East Fife. You didn't play but you, you got to sit on the bench. Yeah. What did you make of that stadium? Wonderful place, isn't it? Yeah, it was a bit windy. I remember that. It's it a very windy, windy, windy and cold. You've only got uh, one stand, and yeah. it's like the wind blows in from the sea. <laughs> like you said, that was kind of before I broke into, yeah. the, into the first 11 there, so uh, I didn't get on there, but uh, I would have liked to. Maybe maybe in the future sometime. <laughs> now, when JJ spoke to you, you spoke about the accents and a bit struggling when guys spoke fast. Yeah. And obviously your dad's Scottish, you've got Scottish relatives, yeah. you're used to talking to me, but it is completely different when you go over there. Culturally, what did you find the hardest to, to kind of fit in over there? Um, yeah, like I, I don't think the accent was too bad. Obviously, I'm, I've grown up listening to Scottish accents, you know, and hearing them quite a bit. But uh, when you put 15, 16 men into a room together and they're all going back and forth, it can get a, it can get a bit much. But uh, uh, just culturally, um, I think the boys did a great job of, of keeping me involved. So, um, like right from day one, they like they made me feel welcome and. Uh, and just, yeah, it's good. It was a good overall experience. The Whitecaps squad, now, obviously there's some new additions to come in and it, it's going to bulk out a little bit more, but right now it's very Canadian heavy. You're going to know so many of these guys, even like Derek Cornelius, you were over at the Toulon mm-hmm. tournament with him. From a case of getting that understanding and familiarity and hitting the ground running, it must be a really big thing f- for you to come back in and know all these faces. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um there's a big changeover between the start of last year and the start of this year uh, with coaching staff and with players. So uh, I think we're just looking forward to the next five, six weeks here of, of coming together, probably be a couple more players come in, and um, with all eyes on, all eyes looking forward towards March 2nd. 
The, the chance that you've had with Mark for for the season to come, obviously I know you can't share all of them, but it's like, what's your hopes and aspirations for this year? What, what do you feel you need to work on in particular to make that breakthrough to get first team minutes? Yeah, I think uh, for me, just going to be given that chance and when I am given the chance, be ready to take it. And, uh, and this is a time in my career where I had the same mindset going in last year. I want, I want to play in the first team. I want to get first team minutes. And um, it's just working on those little things, listening to what Mark's going to uh, – he hasn't seen me play much. So over the next month or so, when he sees me play, listening to what he's telling me and then from there, um, from there trying to take advantage of that and then be playing a lot more this year. While you were away last year, as, as things wound down for the season, one of the kind of discussion points that kept coming up for a number of reasons was just the desire to be a Whitecap and to play for the Whitecaps. And um, I just wonder if you could talk about that a little bit. I've, you know, I've talked to you over the years mm-hmm. at different uh, age levels. You've had opportunities in Europe uh, outside of this loan where you've trained and gone places and, and had potential opportunities, all that kind of stuff. What does it mean for for you to to be a white cap and have the opportunity to try and make this breakthrough into the first team? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question, and it means so much to me. Um, I think it's it's kind of hard to describe. It's just something that that you have, and you see it when you go overseas. You see it with the kids that are have been with the club since they were young, that come through the youth academy, and they have just a different like relation to the club, to the supporters. They know a lot of them. A lot of the supporters have seen them play since they were young. So it's uh, yeah, there's just something about it that uh, that you know it feels like home to me. It's it's where I want to be. It's who I want to play for. So it's just that's something inside of me yeah, that that makes me want to be here for Vancouver. That's great. Thank you yeah. for your time today. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck this season. No worries. Awesome. Great. Cheers. Thanks. 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 David Norman there, we caught up with him at the start of Whitecaps training. Big year for him. I think he's going to do well. I, th- I, I think this is going to break th- breakthrough year. He's going to be awesome. I, if he doesn't get the minutes, I could see him going back out and alone. Though. That, that is the thing. And who knows? I mean, Rob Gale was down watching the, the Whitecaps games. Is Rob Gale trying to line up a couple of loan deals maybe? Maybe know. for the academy kids. But Dave Norman, if he isn't featuring regularly in the first team, to me, seems like an ideal loan candidate. Yeah, I feel I feel like he's, uh, and we'll probably talk about this later. I think he's the first option off the bench at the whole, uh, at the DM spot, basically. Not Rusty. I think Rusty's more. They're more inclined to play at the, the eight as the, as the two other mm-hmm. center yeah. fielders. So I think I think him and Norman, Arise and Norman, are the two guys that are probably primary DMs. I I feel I don't I think they're he's better. There's than, potential for this to be a huge year. For yeah. Him. Yeah. Well, we'll be back with some more Whitecaps chat, and we'll be talking to another guy that is going to be part of this DM depth pool, Andy Rose. We'll be back with that after this. Hi, guys. This is Felipe. Thanks for listening. AFTN.
Half Man, Half Biscuit again there. Our second song from them tonight in our Artists of the Month. Is there only one pin of them? There's only one pin oh, in the okay. thing. I'll, that I'll let you have it, yeah. Okay. That was a song mentioning Nagasaki, but not the team Nagasaki or the city Nagasaki, but Kendo Nagasaki. And I'm, I'm sure I've only got a small amount of people listening to this who will know who Kendo Nagasaki is. He was a wrestler. In the 70s and 80s in the UK on World of Sport on a Saturday afternoon with Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. And he wore a kendo mask. So that's the lyrics. It's like he used to hold a tennis racket up to his face and pretend that he was Kendo Nagasaki. Mm. Anyway, you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the cold and chilly University of British Columbia. Now, to be fair, this room is always smoking hot. Yeah. Because so, we're here. <laughs> so it's always nice to be in this room. Yeah, please keep your shirt on, Michael. I'm smoking hot. I have to show. We've there, got our audience there, to entertain. Yeah, there, it's grown up there, so. But, back to the chat. We had a... We had a tweet in from a good friend, Kunrad. Oh, yeah. Um, the guy that sent us lovely Dutch cookies. We have the best listeners. Send us cookies, send us pins. We had the unsolicited other pin as well. Oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Our hole's been empty for a while though, so if you want to send anything to the station to fill you our, the coin too. Our hole, yeah, the coin as well. For the most hated team in all of Canada. I like them. Right. Hmm. But yeah, no, we had a really, really good tweet in from Coonrad. So he was asking. We talked a little bit about the high press in the first act. So he said, perhaps you could break down what high press an active off-the-ball should actually look like. <laughs> These pre-season matches of back-passing and goalkeeper build-up attempts have me feeling that I was expecting something else. And that is fair, because that is not obviously what a high-press is. If you watched Nagasaki, you saw some high-press. That was a high-press, yes. They brought the bomb against the Whitecaps on Friday night. Hopefully we can bring it over the course of the season. But, I mean, a high-press, you're going to see... The centre-backs pretty much push forward to the halfway line. Yeah. You're going to have your two full-backs tearing up and down the wing. Old-fashioned kind of wing-back style. Kind of like a 3-5-2 almost wing-back style full-backs. Your centre-backs, you're expecting to be fast and mobile because they are pushing so high that when there is a break, they can get back quickly. And you've got your defenders that can get back quickly as well. One of the, not the only, but one of the people uh, in football today who is known for the way in which they have their teams press is Jurgen Klopp. Yes. So his time at Dortmund and now at um, now at Liverpool. And, uh, and DeSantos actually mentioned uh, Liverpool yeah. as a comparison yeah. to Wales. So it's like when you lose possession of the ball. How it, long it takes to yeah, get back. Yeah. So it's, it's usually the focus is on winning the ball back kind of right away as, uh, as as high up the pitch as possible. Yeah. Ideally so, in the opposition half. Yeah, so it, often you'll see it almost looks like a little bit of a... Um, uh, when you lose the ball, it almost feels like everyone in the area collapses onto the where the ball is, mm. and you try and try and win it there. Because it, one of the thoughts is if, you, if you're out of shape uh, that high up the field, it's, it can be less harmful. Yes, yeah. But also a high probability of winning it back and then... Being able to spring into attack, it, it's early. kind of in a way. It's if uh, it's kind of like the U five uh, sense of that everybody goes to the ball, but a very much controlled, controlled way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, ideally, it's regaining the ball quickly, 
transitioning Into to, to quickly yeah. defend, quickly attack, yeah. depending on what happens with the ball. And DeSantos mentioned that he uses actually analytics to figure out how like how quickly they uh, recover the ball at certain parts of the pitch too. So he uses that to identify that, and then they they work on it that way too. Didn't Pep Guardiola use high press when in his Bayern days? Uh, yeah, but he is a little bit different because there. Yeah, he, he did focus a lot on winning the ball back quickly, but he, the bigger focus, obviously, of Pep Guardiola is maintaining possession, possession yeah. and just controlling possession. And his problem was that Bayern was they became so susceptible against. I think there's uh, significant sus- European teams on the counter when okay. they lost possession. Yeah. Uh, that they they crushed them in a couple of those big, bigger is, quarter uh, semifinals in the Champions. League. I don't remember Barcelona or Bayern, but when he when Man City, the, whenever they've uh, struggled, it's always usually the the high press will get them out because they don't yeah. have the guys at the back to you know play the ball. Because previously, what which would, is concerning with the Whitecaps because they don't have that. Yeah, because previously, what would happen is you lose possession of the ball. Yeah. And then you, your first thought would be, I need to get back into shape. I need to kind of fall back. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're looking at 4 3 3, but it can easily it can be any formation. 4 yeah. 2 3 1 no, as yeah. well. It's not, to me, it's not formation dependent. No. Yeah. The passing of the ball around at the back as well is a key part of it as well, because in when you're playing that kind of style of football, you're wanting all, all your team to be comfortable in the ball, to be comfortable passing it about. And. I think we have made a lot of additions that can at least do that. And we saw a lot of the passing of the ball around the back line. Yeah. We just didn't really see them moving it forward. Yeah, finding those holes in there. And you have to say a lot of that, though, is because we haven't really got our, our main players yet that's going to be playing that system. There's quite a, I think, if I count correctly, there's about four or five that are potential starters that are here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's phase two of the preseason over now. The Caps are heading back to Vancouver on Monday. It's going to be a... a Phase two of four, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a bigger... Well, I guess technically five, really. Is it? Is it Phase three going into? We're going into Phase three, yeah. So Phase one was here. Phase two is Hawaii. Phase three is here for four days. Phase four is LA for a week and a bit. And then they're back here for the start of the season. Start of the season. Phase five, It's going to obviously be a bit of a change in weather conditions for them when they come back to the snow. They are scheduled to be on the training pitch Tuesday to Friday. I somehow, with more snow scheduled on Tuesday, I just and minus temperatures. Yeah, I don't know that you we're going to see them. They should just unschedule that snow. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I, I think, but I, in a way, I think they'll get. He'll get them on the pitch too, because I, I think he doesn't want them to worry about the the conditions. And this this could help them in a away game at RSL too. If they practice in this temperature. Possibly. Yeah. Like other times. (laughs) I mean, we talked about, I'm not sure how useful such a trip to Hawaii is when you're missing a lot of pieces, but they are expecting to have all these pieces in place for when they head down to California. Of the recent additions that weren't down in Hawaii, Venuto arrived in Vancouver a couple of days ago. He put on Instagram that he's here. Welcome to... So he'll be training for the first time this week. Obviously, he will be listening to the, the show just now. Yes. Naturally. Um, <laughs> Huang Inbom. He's leaving for LA, I believe, on the 15th. So he's not going to be here for this training this week. He's going straight to LA. Part of that might also be visa things getting all that sorted out. Th- that's what was mentioned, that it was that was the stumbling block. His club in Korea, Dejon Citizen, they threw him a big going away party this week. and Hopefully not too wild. I don't think 
There were over 200 people there. Was supporters. Any supporters. Yeah. K-pop bands there because they can be kind of wild. <laughs> was that guy Rain? He's the big K-pop star, is he? Or maybe that was a few years ago. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not down with the kids. Yeah. Steve's got kids. He's. Pretty <laughs> <well>. <laughs> I've heard of a band called Twice. Or is it Twice? I can't remember. <laughs> I heard of them once, but. Yeah. It's the first time, like, like Korean clubs don't. It's not the first time. But the Korean clubs don't usually throw big parties like this, but. Obviously, Wang has been with them for since he was a little kid, and he gave an interesting interview this week where he talked about he could have moved to a bigger European club that was going to give his team less money. Yeah. But the White Cats came in with a bigger bid, so he wanted his club to get the best reward. So that shows a lot about the character of him as a person as well, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, there were some other good quotes in that. Yeah, some other things which kind of. Show his, his character as well. Real Steve scores on Twitter. Steve Han from from Goal.com. He tweeted out some interesting things that Huang said in, a, in an interview. On moving to Vancouver, he said, "I asked Mark De Santos what his objectives are, and he said the team will strive to play a high pressing game with a four three three, and he's aiming to make the MLS playoffs and win the Canadian Cup. Good to have that ambition at least." I do see MDS really targeting the Voyagers Cup this year. Yeah, I, I, and um, he mentioned that his goal is to make the playoffs and get to the final of the Canadian uh, Championship, uh, Voyagers Cup. And at that point, anything can happen. And that's what the goal is. So the initial goal is to make those two objectives. And then from there, they if he's in the final, he, they're obviously going to go to win the Cup. And if he's in the... Um, in the playoffs, then anything can happen there, and they just keep going to run. One thing he did mention, he do, he wants a steady 11. He doesn't want to rotate too much, especially when he's going in the Canadian Championship games. He wants to keep – like, there will be some minor rotation, depending on travel and everything, but he doesn't want, like, a full switch. Well, yeah. an interesting thing about that as well is, and this is something I read, I think, on the Voyagers forum or the Voyagers Facebook page, Too Canadian CPL oh, yeah. clubs are mandated for six <clears throat> Canadians. Yeah. In league but play. In league play. League play. But in the in the Canadian Championship, you're only mandated for three. Yeah. Will that change? Mm, I don't think so. It could. It'd be interesting. I don't think it will, though. I, I, I know you're for a fact, a little tidbit from last year, Robbo had planned or suggested that he played an all-Canadian starting eleven for that first leg against Montreal, but that was shot down. By? Front office bigwigs. You're so anti-FO, Michael. FO yourself. Another quote from from Huang, talking about playing home games on turf, obviously in Vancouver, which is something he's not used to. This is a great quote. He said, I just want to play. In school, I've played on concrete, which is how we played a lot as well in primary school in, in Scotland. Gravel here. Yeah, someone was telling me about playing. Uh, in that's sure. I never forget when I first in Vancouver. When I first saw a gravel football picture, like I was gravel. like, "What is going on?" Yeah, Juan goes on to say it would be wrong to say that playing on turf inflicts injuries. If there's a player in Vancouver who's afraid of playing on turf, I want to take his playing time. <laughs> he must have heard about the fines for <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Juan also said that he's going to be playing as number four. Yes, oh yeah. As his shirt good. number. He'd asked for number six initially, which is my number, so I think that's why he couldn't get it. But they said that it belongs to a big brother who's over 30, so it is me. That's a reset, right? Yeah, yeah, it must be a reset. So he chose four for a fresh start. It's a number worn by Ki Sung Young, 
and Cesc Fabregas, who are two of his favourite players. A couple of other, well, I think last quote that he had, he was talking about having to deal with the brutal travelling distance in MLS. And he, he's not worried about it. He says, it's only if I can overcome these obstacles that I'd be able to live up to the expectations of, replaying, of replacing legends like Ki Sung Young and Kuja Cho one day. It's, it's a good attitude to have. He, he sounds seeing everything, seeing everything right, yeah. yeah. It's, a, I mean, it's positive signs. Rob always talked about character players. You could question how some of those players' characters were with how things played out here at, yeah. on and off the pitch. But, I mean, Huang seems to have a great attitude. I love to see that. When he's fully settled, which could be quickly. We talked last week that it might not be. It could be a little bit longer. He's going to be a starter, without a doubt. Erisi, you probably have to say, is going to be the starter as well. I, I think so. I think if you, you bring him in to be that well, that veteran on the pitch in that you know playmaking role from the Arisi, they paid a fee for, right? No, not that I've heard. That of. was mutual termination. No? I'll double check that. No, I think Arisi was oh, a fee, be. but it was. There's m- been so many now. It's like trying yeah. to keep track of all this. I mean, you've got your third midfield position, which you could drop Reina back to, which I don't think utilizes his talents the best. Felipe, you're probably thinking just now is the other one of that three but then you're looking at the depth we talked about David Norman in the first half we've got Andy Rose as well and Rose is a guy with MLS experience he's been starting in the Scottish Premiership he hasn't ideally come here to, to sit on the bench but right now that you don't really see any other option for him I got a chance to speak to him in the, in the first week of pre-season training here so just talking about his career in MLS and just what brought him to Vancouver. So let's hear now from Andy Rose. So Andy, four years in MLS, away for three over in the UK and England and Scotland. What was it that made you want to come back? Did you always plan on coming back over here? Yeah, I'd say um, going over to the UK, I probably looked at it more like a, a bit of an adventure. I know I was going home, but, um, you know, my wife is American. I always kind of felt um, the league was going, uh, you know, MLS had so much potential and uh, already it's proving that. Um, and it was definitely something I knew in the future I wanted to be part of again. But I felt, you know, at the time I was 25 and it was a great opportunity to go over and try and prove myself in the UK. And that's something since I was uh, since I was young, I always wanted to do. So um, I took the opportunity. I went for it. Had some fantastic experiences, played a lot of games. And, um, you know, I'm getting to the age now where I, I felt like the smart move was to come back. The move that you made initially over here to go to UCLA, what, what was behind that? Because you don't get a lot of guys from the UK leaving, like, yeah, I know you came through Bristol City, but kept leaving the academies there to come over here. We've seen it a little bit more in recent years, but you were, like, really early to do that. But what made you want to do NCAA? Yeah, you know, I was um, I was very fortunate. My, my sister was a very talented tennis player, a few years older than me. She decided to go the, the college route, um, had an incredible experience and kind of was always in my ear, you know, this would be a, a cool option. You should, um, you know, you should at least check it out. So... It was the simplest uh, sending a FA Youth Cup DVD um, uh-huh. to four or five schools that I would 
thought I might be interested in. UCLA showed the most interest. The two coaches, Jorge Salcedo and Eddie Soto, came over to watch a match. We were playing uh, Southampton away on the day and had a good match. Had a great uh, chat with them. And as soon as I took the trip out to LA, um, you know, I was an 18-year-old kid, and uh, a few years in LA just sounded too good to turn <laughs> turn down. So. Yeah. Now coming out of the draft, obviously it was RSL that drafted you, but you ended up in in Seattle. Going back to that time, what's it like for a kid coming out of the draft? We've got one, just one this year in Brendan, but it's a lot of, like for, I guess I get from the UK, unfamiliarity as well. You don't know what you're doing. Were you apprehensive? Did you always know that you could carve out a pro career? I was very confident. You know, I had an incredible experience at UCLA, especially during my time there. A lot of players were turning pro. A lot of my teammates had gone on to do well in MLS. Um... And uh, I felt as though those four years really prepared me for the next step and and moving into professional football. Obviously, you just have no idea how the draft is going to go, especially as an international player. You know, I understood all the rules going in. I was very hopeful a team would take a chance on me and and saw something in me. And uh, fortunately, you know, the Sounders did. And, um, you know, at that point, it was all about getting in there and just fighting that first preseason for a roster spot. And then once I got, you know, made sure I got a contract, then it was just fighting for playing time. And, uh, you know, I loved the whole year. It was an amazing experience, you know, being this whole idea of the rookie year is such an American concept. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was great <laughs> fun. But we've, we've had some players in the past that's played for Portland and, and Seattle. One of the guys that I'd co-host the show with, he won't accept players that's played for Seattle in a good-natured way. He always referred to Freddie Montero as the Colombian. He wouldn't even refer to him by name. <laughs> so I don't know if you're going to be the Englishman or not when, when he talks about you, but the matchups that you had with Vancouver, I remember you scoring in, in Seattle. It's like the, the only goal I think you did score against Vancouver. What do you remember about that game and just about some of the matches that you had against Vancouver? Yeah, I remember that was uh, a really back and forth game. Um, I think it was three yeah, two, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I especially in those years, um, Vancouver, the, the Vancouver team I remember from those years was just filled with so much pace and excitement and energy, and um, always really, really tough games. Um, obviously, the the atmosphere for for rivalries is is incredible, and I think up here in the Pacific Northwest, the fans do an incredible job of really galvanizing the players. And um, you know, I think players very quickly understand the importance of those games. So, look, I'm. It's been three years since I was in Seattle. Um, uh, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I couldn't. I can't tell you how excited I am to now be in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, as soon as the opportunity arose, it was something I jumped on as quickly as possible. You know, I knew as soon as there was interest there, this was where I wanted to be. And um, like I said, I couldn't be more excited to, to represent Vancouver now. I mean, you left Seattle, you ended up at Coventry of all places. I mean, it's a random place to end up. But how did that come about? You know, it was uh, half an hour from my parents' house. Um, oh, Tony Mowbray was the manager who I had a, an awful lot of respect mm. for, for what he's done in the game. And at the time, they were flying high in League One. They were, I think, second or third in the table and had a had a great squad. I mean, I was fortunate that year to play with some great players. Joe Cole was there, James Madison, who's gone on to do big things with, with Leicester City now, and Jacob Murphy, who's at Newcastle, Jack Stevens at Southampton. A lot of those players have gone on to do really well in the game, and uh, we had a fantastic group. And as soon as I got there, I trained for a week. Um, 
really enjoyed it. It was great to to be close to my parents again. You know, I'd been gone for, for eight years at that point. So for, for them to be able to come out um, to games week in, week yeah. out was great. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, overall it was, a, it was a great experience, a great learning experience. Then moving up to Scotland to Motherwell, again, kind of how, how did that come about and how did you find playing in the top flight over there? Because it's a step up from, from Coventry, maybe not massively, but it is it's still a step up. Did you... Did you find that an easy transition to make? I did. I really enjoyed Scottish football. I think um, it's fast. It's it's a hundred miles an hour. Um, it's different challenges every week. Mm. You know, it's the games against Celtic and Rangers often turn very tactical. Especially Celtic, they have so much possession of the ball, so you really learn so much about movement tactically and being out of possession. Um, and then all of a sudden you're playing, you know, Hamilton or Livingston. It's very different surroundings. So. Um, I was very fortunate. I think I had a fantastic group of players I played with and we had a real team spirit. That's one thing I learned over there is just the importance of that team first mentality. And, um, you know, my my first 12 months there were, were an absolute dream. We made two cup finals. Yeah. The, the games at Hamden uh, will live long in the memory. The two semifinals we won where we were probably the underdogs against Rangers and, and then against Aberdeen were... Um, just fantastic uh, games to be part of. That's that's what I wanted moving up to, to Scotland, where the the media pressure is really there and the scrutiny. It's a it's a great footballing nation, and I think judging by what I saw in in terms of young Scottish talent coming through, I really feel there's a there's an exciting future for the national team. The the Premier League this year in Scotland, it's like the tightest it's been for years. So it's a it's a real battle. Was there party that wanted to see the season out or? Was this just too good an opportunity to, to turn down to come here? Yeah, you know, I think this was kind of the time frame I had pegged in, in my mind. I knew it would be great to come to a team at the beginning of a season. So obviously that doesn't line up with the European uh, yeah. season. It was always going to be it was always going to be tricky. It was the same when I left MLS for for the UK and I I came uh, I went to Coventry midway through the season. So. In an ideal world, I wanted to come back to MLS um, at the start of the season with, with a new team, with a new opportunity, and a really exciting one. And um, like I said, as soon as the interest was there, and then I had a, a fantastic conversation with Mark, um, I knew I could come here and, and learn so much about the game from him. Um, I know, you know, I feel strongly that I want to stay in the game after my playing career and become a become a coach. So to to learn from a young head coach like that is uh, is an incredible opportunity, um, and obviously having been to Vancouver, having played against Vancouver, understanding quite a lot about the club, having visited the city many times, um, I really felt for my family it was an opportunity too far too good to turn down. Just the last two things. Obviously, you've played with Motherwell since probably July, I guess, when preseason started, and now you're going straight into an MLS season with just a no real break for you at all how do you feel your body's going to cope with that because that's going to be like a year and a half non-stop playing yeah look I, I love to play football so for for me it's no problem I've had um, the last two weeks uh, I took off I was visiting with my wife's family and, and tried to take it take it easy the nice thing is um, you know I, I won't have lost much fitness coming into a pre-season yeah. which is a real plus and uh Look, I've I've always been the same. I, I feel as I'm a, a very professional player and take care of my body well. That's something um, you know. I, I'm so excited to be jumping straight into straight into this. You know, I think if there was, I'm sure a lot of the other guys will tell you when you have a long off season, um, 
it can get uh, you know it can, it can be too long very quickly and all of a sudden you, you're just itching to get back into it so I, uh, I enjoyed my, my sort of two weeks little little break and, uh, and now I'm, I'm ready to go I'm mentally so excited for this and we're recording this the first day that you're on the pitch obviously it's early days but how did it feel out there what's Mark DeSantis like as a coach seemed to yell a lot which is what we were expecting and what we know of him yeah incredibly organised I think um, it was great to see from day one I think there was a very clear understanding um, from the moment we, we met as a group really for the first time we went through a couple little videos and uh, it's nice to see and kind of understand exactly what he expects um, and it was day one straight into it with the ball which I love um, and already you know looking at different ways um, players can start to understand the system so it was an excellent first day I thank you so much and <laughs> good luck this season I got a feeling inside of me it's kind of strange, it's like a story see. I don't know why, I don't know why. I guess these things have gotta be. I've got a new rose, I've got a good. Yes, I knew that I always would. I can't stop to mess around. I got a brand new rose in town. The damned. Not Andy Rose, new rose. Great song. As soon as we signed Andy Rose, I was the light. I've got his theme music. That is a no-brainer, as folk like to say these days. Yep. But that was Andy Rose there. Great guy to talk to. He's going to add a good veteran presence to the squad. And he's talked about... It sounds like he's come here basically because he wants to get into coaching when his career ends. And he's wanting to learn a lot of stuff from an exciting young coach like Mark DeSantos. So good luck to him. Talking to midfielders, though, Whitecaps have been linked... Seems somewhat bizarre, kind of to me. If Robbo was here, it would make sense with the Costa Rican connections. But Brian Ruiz, attacking the, midfielder, a veteran, thirty-three. I, this is the first one where I'm not hundred percent sure on. No, like, it, it does not seem to fit. No, no. Unless he's playing unless he's playing a holding midfielder like no. spot like a DM, but he's not very. But he's not, he's not defensive. He yeah. doesn't have those skills. But he can it, spray it, the ball. It, yeah, he can. Yeah. If you, people are saying the reason why Marcel De Young was not. Uh, did not remain with the side was because they didn't feel his pace would keep up with the way MDS ultimately wants to play. Then how is Brian Rees a fit? Like it just it mm. does not it does not seem to fit at all. I remember years ago. I remember even like uh, I remember Tater saying. That. I remember first hearing this from Tater. Tater was like, in MLS, the way MLS works, you cannot have players who like uh, are luxury players who just like don't have to defend, can kind of go wherever yeah. they want, do whatever they want. You can't, you cannot do that. And that was why he always struggled with where is Davide going to play and how is he going to fit him in and mm-hmm. what role is he going to play and how much will he do. I can't, I cannot see Brian Ruiz fitting into what, I can't, what they're trying I, to do. I could be wrong, but I, I just no, I, I don't, I, I don't I see it. He has a name of sorts, no, but... He, he's not a name for the people. For who, most people. The people who are looking for a name, the Brian oh, yeah, Ruiz surely will name. not satisfy yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, just before we wrap this part, we got a, a tweet from Caleb Wilkins who was saying, is he taking crazy pills? Because he felt that the Whitecaps did play a high press, especially in the game on Friday, where they, they created three chances from winning the ball in the Nagasaki half. 
Yeah, there was the one where PC played in, won it from the the fullback or the center back and put in Bear, and Bear missed it. Uh, at, at times, there was a high press. Yes, to, I, I kind of like you know, like you know, when you don't download something, you get rid of, you don't archive it. I Friday, I, I totally kind of put it out of my mind. But, yeah. but today, yeah. today it felt like they were not high pressing. It felt like yeah, they would send one guy at a time. They would kind of get shape, send one guy. Now get shape, send one. Now, guy. The, like, uh, uh, um, the said that he didn't want to be high pressing all the time. He's going to pick his spots. Yeah, and, be, and well, he wanted a button. Yeah, yeah, essentially, and then. Uh, he, especially, like FIFA especially if the team is not manager. feeling it, like if they're like they're tired and everything. Like he said, mentioned that he would change strategies depending on travel as yes. well. So if if he if maybe they were too tired, maybe they just were on their last legs for this week because it is very humid down there. And this was an earlier game too, I think, right? Uh, yeah, it uh, was. compared to last time. So, yeah. um, well, maybe I, that's the reason. I'm tired. It's not humid, but I'm tired. But we've still got two parts to go, and we'll be back with part four. After this. Hi, I'm Marcel De Jong, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. When the world looks like a Christmas cake, I had to put my foot in it. Shadow boxing with the snowflakes and shouting from the summit. I was only born a bastard once. Kinky machine pissing in the snow. Is that what you were doing when Steve was barking? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes needs must. Remember, kids, don't eat the yellow snow. <laughs> you are back listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, the only soccer show on Vancouver Radio. <laughs> we're going to move away from the White Caps chat. For this part, we're going to look at MLS News of the Week and CPL News of the Week. And maybe even throw in a little wavelength at the end of this section. But, kicking things off with the MLS News of the Week, we'll just rattle through a lot of this. TFC have officially added Terence Boyd, linked to them for a while now, the former US international striker. It's thought that he's only going to be on 200000 a year, has struggled with injuries of late, had an ACL injury... Only five goals in 44 appearances. I was talking about the our new young Uruguayans kind of strike rate. This is terrible. Five goals in 44 appearances. As for German side, Darmstadt, who I've never heard of. Darmstadt. Never heard of them. They made, a, they made it to the Bundesliga a couple of years back. Huh. They're, they're obviously not there now. Of all the players, though, that TFC could go for, and remember they've got him through having the number one allocation spot, I find this... A kind of a, a weird choice, even though he does like to think of himself as a monster, according to an MLS article. Now they also uh, are targeting. There's rumors that they are targeting a new um, uh, third designated player, uh, the replacement for Janino. Uh, oh, Javinko. Javinko. Sorry, <laughs> wrong guy. Um, it is they had a, a Janino. Spanish, no. a Spanish footballer named Alejandro uh, Pozello. He plays for Gink. In, oh, in Belgium, 
Um, it's just it just came out this weekend, so um, I wasn't able to put it in headlines. But yeah, it, it, it he he is possibly on transfer market. He's evaluated at eight million uh, pounds. So I I don't know if See, that's again a player I've never heard of, which doesn't mean anything because if the they don't is, play this main league football in England against the Hamlet, I'm probably not. We 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 mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, the president Bill Bill Manning was said that it was going to be a big name and people would be excited about it. Now this guy is not a big name. I don't think he's played with a national team even. No, I'm not sure. But I've never heard of him. Yeah, but right. talking of big names, <laughs> Universe Estatia Craiova, a Romanian club, that's a big name. <laughs> New York City FC paid 8.5 million. Talking about players I've never heard of for their new DP, 24-year-old Romanian attacker Alexandru Mertria. He's previously played in Serie A and Serie B. Capped for the Romanian national team, he does seem to score a lot. Yeah, better than well. The thing Boyd. is, this is obviously like the you know because they are affiliated with, like you said, Man City. Yeah, it's a uh, lot to pay though. I know, but uh, we don't know. We don't know where the money's coming from, right? Like it could be coming. Maybe this they're they're bringing him in, and then eventually he'll be going over to Man City. So yeah, this is kind of like maybe. a training ground or yeah, something maybe. like that, because that's what they're using these other clubs for. Bad news for one young DP in the league, though. Columbus Crew's Milton Valenzuela. He suffered a serious knee injury in training and is expected to miss the whole season. So Columbus have quickly brought Waylon Francis back from Seattle. I think he was there for about a year to kind of replace him. But that's a big loss for the crew. Yeah. So how does it work? I think it's his salaries, he, like it doesn't count towards the cap. Right. If that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Because he's so if they season. can, they can still bring. It was like when Jay Demerit, yeah, exactly with us. Yeah, but yeah, a big blow. Most of the news this week's kind of come out from the east. The Western teams have been pretty quiet this week. Montreal, they've signed another guy I've never heard of. Well, well I've, you've I've, heard of him. I've I've seen his name on the squads. I genuinely know nothing oh, about okay. him. Well, yeah. Well, he's play- Canadian international Zachary. I won't even try and pronounce it. Brault Guillard. There we go. From Olympique Lyon. I can do that. He's only 20. He was the captain of Lyon's reserve side. Is he a good addition? Well, I he, genuinely don't know anything about him. He's essentially, he's tabbed as the future right back for Canada. For yeah. Canada national team. He, Liam Miller played, obviously, right back recently, but I think... He's they not really, right back. No, he's not right back, and they want him to be the right back eventually. He, uh, it, I mean, there's interesting elements to this. Yeah, how much playing time we'll get because obviously Remy Gard has a connection to the on because he used to coach them so he has a mm. connection to the club so that's one of the ways this, this is possible but obviously Leon sending him there because they think he's going to play at a higher level than you know uh, in their second side uh, and so hopefully it'll continue to develop him he, but, is, he is alone I think too yeah yeah but it is alone yeah but Montreal has Bakari Senya, Senya mm. at, at right back so will he will learn a lot from him. Yeah, that'll be so an interesting battle. He could learn, but will he battle? Will one of them move the pitch? Will mm. will, will Sanya uh, travel west? Yeah, maybe. maybe uh, will Zachary play on the left side? Maybe yeah. sometime. Like who knows what will happen? Because our left side is like I think Lovitz or whatever. And so, but if he comes here, I'm booing that Zachary. There you go. Yeah. First Zachary I've ever booed. Oh, I boo a lot of them. Is that a Pacific FC top? Oh, I don't think it is. <laughs> it Look, just doesn't help our listeners at home. <laughs> sorry. <there you> go. <laughs> Um, Just one of one of the many people. Michael we're coming Zuck. to Pacific FC soon. FC Cincinnati signed all their draft picks. Unusual, but they don't actually have a a B team. So I guess 
loan these guys out to, to the USL side. Yep, yeah, to Louisville is where their goalkeeper went. One of the one of the draft picks. And talking of draft picks getting loaned out, big shout out to SFU clan player Mamadi Kamara. Drafted in the second round by San Jose Earthquakes, he's going to spend the season, it looks like, with Reno, 1868. Came on as a sub during their friendly against the Quakes. Delighted for him. We need to catch up with him and, and get him on the show. Haven't spoken to Mamadi for quite a while now. I thought Mamadi was going to be a certainty for the CPL, but obviously he has ended up in MLS. But some CPL news now, and there's not been any... Real big news items this week coming out of the CPL. Yeah, the schedule keeps on seemingly yes. getting pushed back, which is kind of frustrating. Because it was meant to be out by the end of January, and now you're starting to wonder, why is it getting pushed back? Because my sense is, as I as I talk to people around the country, is that there's a lot of things that they, <clears throat> that they, that they alter before they finalize it. So I wonder how much that's how much that is an issue with the schedule. It so, might not be at all. So they're using napkins, essentially. For uh, no, it's not that it's bad. Only seven teams. I mean, how hard can it right. be to come up with three schedule? games a week? Yes. Yeah, but uh, no, I think it's more. It could be other things in terms of how the, what you know are they doing aperture calls, aperture no aperture closure oh that that yes. kind of stuff. What are they? Because they've now said it's going to be. Yeah. I think they should have done a CPL All-Star team where they just get all the extra players and they just put them together and then so they have four games a week. And they so play nobody out, has to they have play a play. out of the CPL office in Toronto? No, they don't even have home games. They just play all their away games. <laughs> well, I, I've always talked about what the team I was going to call East Van Fifers, but I've now decided we're going to call them Van East Fifers. I think that's, that makes that sense. Flows that better. flows better. Yeah. So we're still available. I'll be the coach, obviously. Look forward to pulling some guys off at halftime for sure. But Pacific FC have yes. added three more players, three more people with white caps connections. Who who saw that coming? <laughs> I didn't. First ben, of all, Benny Fisk, Ben Ten, Super Fisky. If he doesn't get ten, I'm not going to games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted to yeah. to see Ben. We we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that he was joining Pacific. He he was, I think, still hoping that there was maybe a European possibility, but n- nothing came with, with the transfer window. So after you mentioned it on the show or whatever, I think it was, so I, I, it was his birthday. So I messaged him. I was like, oh, happy birthday. Like, are things sorted out for your future? And his response was, oh, you know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I tweeted Ben, congratulations. I said, we've got to catch up soon. So he said, we, we do and put a beer icon. So I take that. Yes. That with his big buck deal, he's buying us beers. So yeah, that seems like it. That's good. But we'll catch up with Fisky soon. Looking forward to that. Are you sure it wasn't urine in the snow? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Great to see him back playing yeah. BC. It, I still think he could have done a job with the Whitecaps over the years. Still oh, yeah. disappointing. He never got a contract here. He's an but, exciting. He's not. I, I mean, you can't call him young, young anymore. Oh, it's so he, weird to think now that he's, he's an in exciting, the 20s. exciting Canadian player with a still to me great upside. Yeah, great well, I, I, I think. I, yeah, I think that he's been overlooked a number of times, yeah. and I even by the previous administration here. The coaching staff and everything. I think he could have done stuff here at Whitecap World. Yeah, I definitely do. Yep, and he ripped it up in in PDL, right? Yep. Well, and in like USFD, over USFD, in Ireland, USFD. he did well with Derry, yeah. and yeah. it's like they were they'd have liked to have kept him over there, I think, but he chose chose to come back here. He was our first uh, number one ranking on our uh, once to watch. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, another guy that I'm delighted for is Victor Blasco. 
former WFC2 player, Spanish, so the first non-BC guy, but he has called Vancouver Island his home now for something like five years or so. Goes to VIU Mariners College University, it is now in Nanaimo. Has played PCSL on the island, has been playing VMSL with CCB, lit it up this year with CCB. They're the league leaders in VMSL. He's been different class in that league. And I know it's amateur league in VMSL. Now he's moving up again to the pro ranks. His time here didn't end great. Not going to dwell on that or, yeah. or go into that. What's past is past. I think I, he's knuckled down, moved on from that. And that's the thing, I think, with him. I think the thing is, is not... Uh, questioning his ability on the pitch is can he focus and can he be the professional he needs yeah, to he, be? He totally can now. Yeah. Um, spoken to him, he's focused on this. Wants this, he deserves it. So really pleased for Victor. He's going to be a star for Pacific in the CPL. You can see him and Ben on either wing. Oh, I mean, that that's yeah. that's exciting. I, I tweeted out, this is the, the team that I wish was playing here in the Fraser Valley in the CPL. I would have loved yeah. to have watched that team here, cover this team, follow the team, well, for, even go and work for that for a team w- like this. For one small ferry ride, you can go and watch this. Yeah, well, Vince Greco from the VISL said we could helijet over, me and a, a few buddies. I don't know how much he thinks AFTN pays, <laughs> but we cannot helijet over to games. Well, that's if helijet want to sponsor the show, though, and fly us over, delighted. Well, you must pay Steve something well, because he told me if we don't get here tonight for the show that... He's gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna ax him, and so he would, didn't want to lose. So, so, I had to pay for his parking tonight. <laughs> Did you enjoy uh, that? Three fifty. I paid for, for the gas hour. to pick you up. Uh, that's oh, true. yeah, I'll give you gas money. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. About yeah. I, I did say to cancel the show. <laughs> but the, you think, I, I can't. We pulled up to your house. There's barely any snow on. My car was covered in it. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh, was, his, was his street not like cleared? I, thought, I felt it was cleared. Yeah. I felt it was way better than in Surrey. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that part, the part of ninety one with no lights was no lights dodgy. and, no, and the snow coming right at us. Yeah. I had no idea where I was on the lane. Do you want to build a snowman? Do you want to come out and play? Stick a carrot in his snow. Okay, that's hole. enough. That's enough. That's enough. Anyway, the last white cap connection that's gone to Pacific FC for now. I'm very excited by, and to me, this is a big pickup by the team. Jose Hernandez. Yeah. He's a name a lot of guys won't know. We've had him featured in our top five residency ones to watch for the last two seasons. First with the under-16s, last year with the under-19s. He was number two in 2017 in the under-16s behind Alessandra Hojapur, who is now also with Pacific FC. Mm-hmm. And he was fourth in our... Our top five and the under nineteen. Yeah, and it, the, it, the it, top three of those have now signed deals with the White Caps. Yeah, it wasn't because of uh, his poor performance. No. It was other guys just elevated yeah. past him. Essentially, he is an out and out striker. He scored goals at every level of his career, and he wanted to play for the White Caps. I interviewed him in in June. You can read that interview on AFTN, and he talked about college wasn't in his plans. He wanted to play MLS for the White Caps. Yeah. Obviously, that has not happened. Pacific's come in, great move for him. Well, it was a choice, I think, uh, especially for the spot. It was either Theo Bear or Hernandez. Yeah, and they and went, went for the... Bear. And to me, we had Bear speed. ranked higher. So. Yeah. And the thing is, he's he's a very good finisher. Um, he, know, he works hard. He's, he's a hard, exciting. He's a hard worker, yeah. finisher. The only thing is, is because he's a little bit smaller. Um, yeah. he's, he's almost a second striker. 
essentially. You like, see him playing uh, behind or off of uh, Marcus Haber? Yeah, so that's yeah. where he would be. He wouldn't be the primary. Uh, if they have a target striker, he wouldn't be that. He, he needs to work on holding up the ball. Yeah. I mean, he's one for their future, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But a great, great pickup by them. It's concerning how the Whitecaps are losing all these guys. We spoke to Daz about it last week. Yeah. I mean, you can't fit all these guys in the squad. And some guys are going to have the sense that if, you, like, like Daz said, some guys are going to understand that you're with an MLS side, you have all the access to all the stuff, and some people are going to see that you're not playing in a real league and you don't, you don't play you're not yeah. playing meaningful games. Yeah. And so that's Ta- the difference is going to be talking about the current U23 setup that Vancouver yeah. has. Yeah, it's because yeah. I think he would have been ideal for that, uh, and they would have brought him in for that the U23 side, but maybe that wasn't, he, he didn't like that option. And he's feeling playing profession, professionally in Canada, the first year of Canada's Yeah, yeah exactly. It makes sense. I, mean, for, I don't have a these, problem. No. The Whitecaps. Well, for the, these guys, this is the best thing for them to do. And the Whitecaps and have, still have games. his MLS rights. Yeah. They're not losing that. He, if, in a couple of years, if if they have a spot open and he wants to come back to MLS, or maybe at that by that time he, he's impressed so much that he goes straight to Europe. You never know. Sure, there's going to be some more announcements this week and even at Pacific FC. You have Ho- heard. Hopefully a schedule. Oh, and hopefully a schedule. I've heard that former SFU man Colin Jacks is looking set to to join Pacific FC as well. He left SFU after graduating, went to Croatia for a couple of years, has been playing on the island, so there's an island connection there with Mid-Isle Mariners, made the switch to Croatian VMSL at the start of this year, and I do, I do believe that he is going to go and play with Pacific for this season. Cavalry FC have also officially signed U-Sports draft pick and former TSS Rover and Calgary Foothill. Joel Waterman, to a full CPL deal, he can play centre-back or DM. Speaking to Tommy Wilden about him, he sees him more now as his future as a centre-back. Have they signed their first overall pick yet? No, because he's still in college. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. So he's... Is he signed G- to Gabriel one of those? Bittar, he's in one of the That's new the sports deals. Yeah, is that are those guys all finalized? Because didn't one or two of those guys say no? I don't want. Oh, I don't know. I hadn't heard okay, that. I, I, I did hear like one of the two said that they're just going to stay in college for now, and then they're not. They don't want. Yeah. They don't because they don't want to overextend themselves mm-hmm. for the whole season. Oh, interesting. Forge FC last bit of CPL news. They signed another former WFC two player, Giuliano Frano, who never really impressed me in his time here, but. He never Experience. pressed me because I don't remember him at all. <laughs> he also played for S2, right? S2? Oh, Seattle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he moved up from from the Sounders, yeah. So that is our MLS and CPL News of the Week. We'll round this section off with Wavelength. It's Wavelength <gasps> time. We're making it Yay! early. Is it Winter Wonderland? No, but it's close. Oh. Now, February was going to be Football Violence Awareness Month, but I've pushed that back. But I thought I'd play a song this week by a group called Soccer Hooligans. It's a wise decision to push mm. it back a little bit. Now, a group called Soccer Hooligans it might make you think what kind of song they're going to sound like. You'll be surprised. This is a song they have called Football in the Snow.
soccer hooligans there. The most melodic soccer hooligans you'll find this side of the Atlantic, probably. Football in the snow. You ever played football in the snow? Yeah, I played pigskin in the snow. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Oh, I have, yeah. It was. Fun. I had a hairline fracture in my foot. I still played. I, well, you got natural freezing. I, I've yeah, played exactly. football a few times in the snow back in Scotland. Nothing excites me. Well, I was going to say nothing excites me more. There's a few things that excites me more. Going back to Hawaii and shell bikinis and stuff. But orange balls. Football, played in the snow, orange balls. I've been playing FIFA 19 with my son lately. I do not like the orange ball in the game in the snow. Oh. It doesn't stand out enough to me. But Oh, interesting. But in real life, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's fun. I remember going to Forfar, Station Park, East 5 Forfar, midweek game, and the snow just started in the second half, and they played through to the end, and it should have been called off, because the snow, it was like that US-Costa Rica game. I once went to a game in Edmonton where it got called. Yes, you're. I chance. wish they had played that. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. I, I I don't like how the Premier League switches to the yellow ball, like from like mm. December to. Well, also it messes February. up my my TV. Does not like the yellow. yellow and the yellow jerseys. It's yeah. like awful, awful, awful. One last thing, just to to talk about like the cold conditions and the snow. And I know if you're listening to this elsewhere in Canada, you're going to be like, "What are you talking about? Cold conditions." Yeah. You softies. You no, this is softies. For Vancouver, this is the polar vortex. Yeah. We got hill, mountains and hills to drive on. Friday night, VMSL game, and it was a top of the table clash, CCB in Croatia. It was minus two or minus three, but the wind chill made it like <sighs> minus eight. To me, you should not be playing football in those conditions. Yeah. The game went on. I was going to go, but I'd hurt my back the night before. And even just taking the dog out, my back was spasming for a couple of minutes, so I couldn't risk it. Someone I do know went and gave me feedback, and the game was terrible because the... Yeah, the conditions yeah. were awful. So I was having a debate with a few folk about that, and they are like, no, play in any conditions, you warm up. I know it's VMSL, and you're, folk don't go and watch that here, but if some folk do, and you're trying to grow the game, you're not going to grow the game by having players play in these conditions... One of the guys got kicked in the face and had to actually go to hospital. What did? How did the, the conditions impact that? Well, it didn't, but oh. you're getting treated with a bleeding face right. okay. in those conditions. So stuff like that's not oh, right okay. as well. And wanted to give a hot tip to Burnaby Men's Soccer League, who they they actually you tweeted about this. Yeah, right? they yeah, asked yeah. me for my thoughts on it as well because they were having a meeting and they said we saw your tweet. What's your thoughts on it? They cancelled their programme. The pitches were playable, but they said we don't want our players playing in those cold conditions, and I think that's right. It, the The wind in the valley was crazy because yeah. I went out to from Langley to Abbotsford for uh, for a thing for my kids, and it was yeah, it was like. And I love winter football, and it's not about oh you should be hardy and manly and go and playing yeah. it. You've got to think of like kidney conditions, injuries, folk getting treatment to blood coming out their face. Bit of common sense, anyway. We'll be back with some more chat after this. Hello, I'm Nick Datsovich. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Can you dig it?
some classic music there from Steve. Let everyone know what that was. That is Nowhere to Run. Um, the artist's name is Arnold McCullough, uh, but I think it's uh, it, it's from the movie The Warriors, which uh, came out this weekend or this week, uh, uh, 40 years ago, in 1979. It's uh, one of it's my favorite a, movies. Like I, mine too. I saw it in 89, so I saw it when I, w- uh, when I was older, but I, I did, uh, like it, it was fantastic once I saw I it. I've never seen it. Should I see it? It's, it's Don't watch it with the kids, really but it's really it, it, it's, it's violent. Thank you for the parental. I'd, I'd like the kids. 1979 right, we, was a good year. It's yeah. education for the kids. <laughs> it's about gang violence in New York. Like I know we, we're going to talk about stuff that happened in 79 later on in the year. Like yes. it has a kind of tie in, but yeah. So I wanted to bring this one out because this is uh, uh, this open in 79, but in February, obviously. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's a fantastic film. It's one of my. Like, we, we talked about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah. is one of my all-time... My top three favourite films, in no particular order. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Gene Wilder version. Yeah, obviously. Quadrophenia, which is a, it's a UK one. It's based on a Never Who... Heard. It's a Who kind of rock opera. Oh, okay. No, no, I do. I have seen that. Yeah, yeah I actually um, Mods and rockers, bikers yeah. and stuff. Is it like the... the, the it's kind of a bit like the Warriors. Is, is, no, but isn't it the... Uh, what do you call it, The pinball? Oh no, that that's Pinball it, Wizard. That's, oh, that's a different that was one. one yeah. Okay, so that was I didn't know, That's the one I that remember. That was Tommy. That's the, I remember watching. Um, so Quadrophenia and the Warriors as well is my other all-time yeah. favorite. Film. What are your top three? I, I couldn't oh. tell you right now. I have to think about it. Who's your favorite, or who were some of your favorite gangs from the Warriors? Well, I like obviously the Warriors. Is yeah. it going to ruin it for me? No. no. Oh, okay. I I I I was always fascinated by the baseball furies. I loved the baseball furies because it was ridiculous that they were always wearing cleats. Uh, they were a full baseball uniform. They had bats, and then they were basically painted totally. Like they, they had their faces painted, which no baseball player does. And the fact that they lost in a baseball bat fight to just one warrior—it was—they—they they, they weren't very good, but they're always memorable for me. I mean, some of them had nice jackets. Some yeah. of them were just basically wearing tank tops and stuff. Got some of the names here: the Boppers. They the Boppers were the ones I think well. they were the purple. Outfits yes. and stuff like that, yeah. They were your kind of disco yeah, yeah. disco guys. Then there was the Lizzie's, which was the all-girl yes. gang as well. So, I mean, they were good. But, yeah, basically Different times. For me. Different for that, times. For that name. The, the Orphans, time. Zach. The Orphans. Yeah. That was always the name of my band, if I had a band. It was going to be called the Death Crash Orphans. I think the Orphans were the ones that they fought in the bathroom, if I'm not mistaken. I could be I'm probably wrong on that. I wanted my wife to watch this and Quadrophenia with me for years. She's yeah. never, never ever done it because they're not her kind of film. She's not into the violent kind of films. Yeah, it's not, it's not, I might it's dig not this graphic out. violent. That might it's be a, a date of, night movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fighting, but not graphic violence. That Zach date night movie. That's a definitely a date night. I got a few films I got to catch up on for Frozen. Do you want to build a snowman? Well, uh, as a parent, that's called the family film that oh, okay. we watch with the... I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's time, though, for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines, baby. BC Soccer Web Headlines. It's brought to you by bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local national and international news, reviews, links, stories, features, classifieds, snow reports, everything you could want from a football site. Find it on bcsoccerweb.com. And you know what? Some things on that site caught Steve's eye this week. It did. So let's start off with... Beautiful, greeny grey eyes. Well, let's start off with some sad news, but we need to... uh, uh, 
Uh, There's a couple sad stories. Yeah, this, this one was um, uh, they found the body. Uh, the body recovered uh, from the wreckage um, was confirmed to be the soccer player Emiliano Salas. Yeah, still not found the, pilot. the pilots. No. Um, now they've, they've, they've they're doing more tributes. Obviously, uh, I think Nance did a tribute. There was one uh, difficult story that came out that Nance yeah. was de- demanding oh, the payment. I thought you were going to say the Southampton thing. We'll come to that then. No, yeah, uh, the, uh, I, I actually haven't heard of that one. Oh, so. two Southampton fans have been arrested for disturbing the minute silence by making aeroplane oh. gestures. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Nance uh, has demanded payment. Apparently, yes, which we talked about in the show last week. Yeah. So, and, and, and what it is is, I think it's sixteen million pounds. Uh, or sorry, fifteen million, and then there's like ten million um, for obviously his salary, what he signed on for. Yeah. So it's basically overall twenty five million. Yeah. yeah. Sixteen million of that is covered by insurance, so there'll oh. be nine million left over for uh, Cardiff, I guess, to uh, have to go out of their own pocket. Um, it, it Nance actually owes half of it to Bordeaux, okay. who it was a sell on fee for them, and there's some that's oh, going to wow. go to the agents as well. So I don't know if yeah. Nance is being the agents forced. Still haven't come across from this very well at all there was no. some some i don't know if it was texts or emails that was leaked from one of the agents this week uh, it was like basically saying like, i don't care about your personal circumstance i'm just here to get you the best deal make us both money i don't care about anything else about you yeah he wasn't very apparently he wasn't very happy in nets for the last 18 months he yeah. almost went to a chinese side um, and he was trying to go to Italy, but then he wasn't even sure about Cardiff. Once he mm-hmm. went to visit there, he came back and he decided to go. Oh, it's a lovely it. stadium. Yeah. I had a, a quick nose around it when I was over in Newport a couple of years ago with the Caps, and such a sad story. He yeah. was a talented guy and heartbreaking. Yeah. Moving on, um, international news. Uh, congratulations, Infantino, for another uh, four years as FIFA president. Four more years. The, four more years. The election hasn't happened yet, but he's the only one running for it, so uh, we're sure he will win. Can we? He, 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 this this term he's in right now, he's actually completing uh, Sepp Blatter's term because he resigned in May of 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not even his ter- uh, full term, so we'll see what happens there. Um, interesting news out of France. Uh, there's a French team that kind of is a real life football manager, um, and they actually. But the the whole concept is now under threat because the football federation, the French football, avant garde Canese is a six tier football French football team in the, playing in the Normandy Football Club, a league. Sorry, um, that have their lineups, in game tactics, and subs decided by two thousand virtual managers. And there's an app apparently called uh, United Managers. Oh, yeah, United Managers started in 2017. Basically, what happens is when a decision has received a majority, uh, like the, the manager will make a decision and it goes up on the app, the, if it, the majority vote for it to go for it, uh, it gets relayed to the assistant and then they put it through. Uh, the manager also can recommend a decision to the Umans, who are apparently what the football supporters are called, and they can vote against it even. Um, but if there's some kind of issue with, like, if the technology goes down or whatever, then the manager has the right to just go through for whatever the call so is. So they could take the players off at halftime? I guess so. Mm-hmm. Pull the players off. Other teams are are against it, and the French Football Federation has changed rules to attempt to stop it in midseason. Interesting. And they're, they're, it's, it's going to go to the Can't, courts. Uh, I, I remember writing an article years and years ago, like the early 2000s, about a Norwegian team doing something like this. So it's not... It's not, one, not yeah, the first, first thing. time. And Ebb's Fleet United yeah. had the whole my football shambles that almost ruined them. And I went to see Ebb's Fleet, actually, and it was after the whole my football thing. We're talking about Ebb's Fleet last week, I know. 
Um, tragic news in Brazil. Uh, Flamengo yeah. Academy, uh, uh, 10 players, uh, soccer academy players were killed. Uh, three, inju- three were injured. It was a big fire occurring in their um, academy area where, like we talked about, you talked about Dasso where yeah. he slept. It's essentially mm, a similar the thing residence. where they have residency. Yeah. Uh, they don't have, uh, where they sleep with families or whatever. They, they sleep yeah. at the academy. And victims, they said, are most likely, they haven't identified everybody, but they're most likely teenage players, part of the youth teams. Yeah, it's sad. Sad story. Really sad. I remember being at, at Byron. I've, uh, I don't know if it's changed now, but you can like there's the building where like the, the residency players like where Owen Lee Hargraves, for example, like you know grew up as a 15 year old and he lived in that building like right on the site of the the main uh, training facility at uh, yeah. same, on Saint Bernard. I think a lot of clubs around the world do have their academies yeah. right there. It's a bit tragic, and yeah, our yeah. hearts go out to the families. Apparently, uh, for, like, when the uh, I saw it in one article that uh, it was a player who's mentioned that it was an air conditioner that caught fire. Oh, and they haven't named the the victims yet. I don't no, I don't think they have. Yes, yeah, no. so they haven't confirmed whether it's all players or if it's staff or. Yeah, but I think it was happened in the middle of the night or mm-hmm. early morning, so that's why they're thinking it's just players. Liga MX, uh, there's a club in there that's located in a state that has a high percentage of narco-related violence. Um, they're having issues with players being extorted. Um, over half of the Liga MX players on the team, it's a Morelia, the team. Yeah. Um, they, over half of their players are have re- received calls of extortion. So I'm assuming it's from drug dealers or, or betters or something like that. There's something going on there. Uh, the president himself has said that it has affected income, you know, like in- incoming transfers. Like this, some players have found out about this and they just say, no, we're not coming there. So it is, it is obviously affecting them. And uh, I'm assuming it probably affects other clubs in Mexico as well. There, uh, who was it? Uh, Villafania? Um, yeah. uh, he was actually uh, robbed or something or, or uh, burglarized or something. Is that why he came back to MLS? Yeah, so he was, yeah. he was Santo Lagunas or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. We talked about last week, Almiron uh, was transferred to Newcastle. Apparently his agent come out, has come out and he says he's not leaving very happy from Atlanta. Um, he felt that Atlanta kind of needlessly delayed the transfer, waited until the last second by asking for too much and then, then eventually paid whatever the original offer was. That's yeah, they what they got paid. There's a nice and, and the fact that they were they knew they had to transfer him anyway, so they really had no leverage because they already had Pity Martinez <laughs> brought in, in to yeah. replace him. Yeah. There's a nice clip on Instagram today or this weekend or whatever of him at training, uh, chipping the keeper quite nicely in, oh. in training. No. Oh the oh yeah somebody was mentioned. Oh you you mentioned to somebody that yeah yeah, yeah on the way yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Will Silver sent that to yeah because he loves the magpies. Pro, uh, the pro organization that deals with referees, they've had a new collective bargaining agreement ratified. That has to be an ironic name. Yeah. Um, the new deal will go to January 2024, and there's no word of prescription glasses are part of that <laughs> package, the extended package. Um, True story, referees in Scotland, I don't know if they still are, but for the last few seasons, had a shirt sponsor of Specsavers. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's great marketing. So, uh, we talked about David Beckham last week. Yeah. Back in the news. Um, apparently uh, now... It's, it's all sorted, surely. No, no, no. no? Uh, the, now, the, we talked about last week that we're having issues with legal uh, uh, wranglings. Now, there's been a rival bid for the site they want to build a stadium on from an, a USL side uh, <laughs> that, that wants to start a USL team there. Uh, the bid is Good from a company. Ground chair? Ground chair? Oh. 
I can't remember what the, I, I forgot to write down the team. It was just an organization. It's not even. It's like so it wasn't L- like FC it Miami. Was, it was an LLC or something. Some somebody that <laughs> the, wants it's to bring the Miami FC. or Inter Miami. Or maybe it's that guy that maybe it's that guy that remember the guy that wants to get in. Isn't he from Miami? Yeah, <laughs> the Miami FC guy. Yeah. yeah. So it will be interesting. So he's got another. There's another hurdle for Beckham to get over in order to get an MLS team. Um, You'd have thought the most twists and turns in Florida would be at the theme parks in Orlando, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah. Joey Saputo going coming to Canada now. Joey Saputo has we talked about this before a couple yeah. months ago. He's, he's again um, reiterating that how he's losing so much money. He's lost eleven million per year since entering MLS. He feels that he actually feels that MLS is growing faster than he expected, and he, they need to catch up. So they need a new system in order to do this. He's, he, they mentioned that. Tickets are $10 lower than the league average, but they rank 18 out of 23 in attendance. And MLS is an attendance-driven mm-hmm. league where they get and most of their And to be funds. fair, though, you are selling tickets to watch Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, their stadium was full in USL, and I kept on hearing from... Now, obviously, this is from rival, like, Whitecaps uh, front office people, but, like, ticket people used to talk about how... Montreal Stadium was always so full because they gave so many tickets away to community groups yeah. or whatever. Well, it's the Bell Enders. There you go. Maybe, um, maybe people have just forgotten there's an MLS the, team there. The big, the big, <laughs> the big thing is though, as we, I think we talked about this when when this this kind of stuff first came up, yeah. and now someone's kind of gone through it again or yeah. whatever. Is this is not a complete picture? No. You cannot talk about an MLS team and say. You cannot trust an MLS team when they come out and say, oh, we're losing all this money on the soccer upside because it does not include the money they're making from some, which is most likely, especially in these last few years, a seven-figure amount. And so this is like, do I doubt he's lost money in MLS? No, I, I don't it, doubt that. I think, but it is as a, much as he's saying, I don't. I can't believe him. I can't take him at his word. I think it could be an eight-figure amount. I think it might not just be seven. I think sorry, it could be, sorry, no eight. Yeah, yeah sorry, eight, eight, yeah. eight, eight. It's it, yeah. I bet you the sum money is an eight-figure amount. Mm. Yeah. So after all this thing, he, 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 uh, by the end of the article, he mentions that he wants a break on local taxes. Right. Uh, and he's hoping to make a $60, $60 million investment in the stadium, but won't do it until he gets that break on the taxes. Yeah. Okay. Or sell your franchise to some American owners and move to the CPL. Well, well, what's his name is trying to bring CPL to, to the province of Quebec. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex to Laval. Bon- Alex, yeah. Bon- yeah. Alex Bonbury, yeah. So, uh... This kind of seems like a big... Wow, so far, do you know, tonight we've mentioned Sidney LaRue, Owen Hargreaves, and now Bunbury. Oh, Alex. I know, but still. Is that a trifecta for you? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Um, Canada Soccer successfully is integrating now the men's Excel program across the Canadian MLS academies. Uh, This was... I I don't know how big the news this is. Um, It's essentially they're sharing tactical and team culture comp concepts while assessing player development. The uh, Herdman mentioned in the article that they will be closing the gap by clo- uh, closely working with the pro clubs. Can they not use Word from some of this? They have to use Excel all the time? PowerPoint <laughs> presentations are surely better. Well, it's really worked with the women, the, the ex- their Excel program. Um, uh, they've really advanced, so maybe this is a good thing yeah, for Yeah, my wife's soccer. great at, with Excel. <laughs> uh, speaking of the women, Canada is facing England in preparation Boo. for FIFA Women's World Cup France 2019. Trademark. Um, I'm they, doing England. I yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. You notice that the, the in the headline they actually put a trademark by World Cup uh, France 2019. 
in the headline itself. Oh, so yeah. it <laughs> I didn't realize. I just saw that right now. Um, oh, I might meant to do that when I mentioned it. Uh, I just said trademark. Don't worry. <laughs> um, uh, they've added the match for April 5th. It's another match that will be, I think the, the, it's starting in June. So Where is it going to be played? In I Europe? think it's in uh, Manchester. Okay. Somewhere in Manchester. Yeah, um, uh, a, little, a little closer to home now. BC Place is could be renamed as the government is opening offers, uh, bids offers to rename the stadium. <laughs> well, in 2012, there was a deal with TELUS for $40 million over 20 years. Um, that was nixed at that time by, nixed. The, by the liberal government. Yeah. And now the NDP government, mm-hmm. who tends not to do this kind yeah. of stuff. It's it, it, Kickstart I mean, or tomorrow. It is really awkward because, the, the, I mean, some people say all conspiracy theory and all that kind of stuff around this, but like... It was really. If you were not a fan of that, if, of the government, if you were, if you wish the government would have gotten that money, that forty million over the 20, 20 years or whatever, you were probably like not super excited that the friend of the Whitecaps owner was <laughs> who, who who the Whitecaps stood to make money, or it would hurt their yeah. deal with Bell. Uh, that that then the you know his friend who's the premier was one of the people who. Yeah. Made sure yeah, that, that deal died. Well, they, they deal call it the Bell Pitch downtown at that time. Yes. Well, they stopped doing that, but they were doing it for a while. There is a problem. If TELUS get it again, there yeah. is a problem because yes, be Bell everywhere. is playing at TELUS Tower Arena. And then next door, you got, yeah, arena. Ne- next, door, n- next door you got Rogers Arena, so you yep. got all the cellular companies in one area. No, but you're right. It, 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 Kudo. It, it, I bet you. Oh, I, he's I, going I, back to Japan. I bet you. <laughs> uh, I bet you there's some, there were probably some stipulations in that Bell deal, at least the initial mm. one that said, you know, there can't be a competitor yeah. or whatever. So who knows what all the behind, but who's it? What's his name? Uh, the icebreaker, not icebreaker. Uh, what's his name? I don't know who you're going like icebreaker. Uh, oh, the dude, I can, I can see. Smell him? The guy who always writes about this stuff. I think he wrote this article. Oh, oh Bob Mackin. Yeah. yeah. What's it called? It. What something breaker breaker.ca oh breaker.ca yeah. not icebreaker sorry breaker.ca <laughs> icebreaker. yeah Bob Mackin you can be sure that they're gonna follow yeah. up because they have a, I still call it a, speci- a specialty no matter who oh it yeah it, oh if it I, mean, I, I don't love the name BC Place but it's better than yeah. I sometimes such call such Rogers company Arena or, still GM Place and that, that's yeah, been ages ago yeah um Last bit of news here. Congratulations to TSS Rovers. They've achieved uh, first uh, first private club to become a charter. Club charter program in BC soccer. Yep. I probably messed that up, but congratulations, El- anyways. Elmo, do good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did do. Um, Does this mean they can play in the Voyager's Cup? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but t- TSS are really doing a lot for the development of the game here. They've got TSS Rovers, as you know. Their under twenty one team is in the VMSL from next season. They're going to have a team in the Division 3 of VMSL as well, so they could be getting promoted up. Yeah. And it's an outlet for all their academy guys. They want this to be the young guys. The older under-21 guys are going to be in the Div 3 team, and then the younger ones are going to be in this under-21 team. Okay. They've battled the authorities for years to, to get this chance for a pay-to-play academy to be involved and it, like, it gives them a, a voice, essentially, yeah, right? It does. There, there's no. They've put their hand in their pocket yeah. to do this. So it is reward. Yeah, but there's like no. It, it's really just to get a voice in the yes. system. It's not really. They're not getting any tax breaks oh, no, or anything no, like that. Nothing it's not like, like that. that. Yeah, it's just no, really. But they and get to help shape the future yeah. and the vision of the, of the game in the province. And that makes sense because everybody needs to put a hand yep. into that. Good for them. Yep. 
But that is it for this week's show. We've put our hands into our pockets because it's chilly. I get it. Yeah. It's Canada. It's going to be chilly when we go outside this door. I don't want to leave. Let's do another <laughs> hour. But we have to leave. Because i got to drop you off at home. Yeah. You can just leave me here. Wait, I thought we were all staying at your place tonight. If you want to. Oh, okay. Yes. Then i got to drop them off in the morning. Breakfast with the Browns. <laughs> oh, you take the SkyTrain. Huh? SkyTrain. Oh, I could, yeah, I could drop you off SkyTrain. Yeah. Anyway, just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter, at WhitecapsBeat. Uh, for me, it's uh, Zach, I'm sorry, at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. And something I learned on the show today is that I forgot that Bob Mackin's uh, website is called TheBreaker.com. I'm Michael McCoy. You can find me on Twitter, at AFT in Canada. Instagram, AFT in Soccer. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. A lot of stuff going up on the site this week. We'll have an interview with Theo Bear. We're going to have the podcast up. There's a lot of CPL stuff going up as well. So check that out every day. We will be back next Sunday at the later time, our usual time of 11pm. Just repeat that for Steve and Zach. It's 11pm <laughs> next week. So until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the thaw. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.